0: Hey, get, worry, get on mic just so I can yeah, check levels. Are you just going right, to uh, lean in when you're moving? No, I can,
1: you? I can move it closer. How about now?
0: Talk a little more. Say something. S- well, it's not quite
1: a mop, it's <laughs> <laughs> not quite a puppet, but man. Okay, that's good. All right.
0: Is uh, this working just to double check? Got the papers and the trash. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't get no spending cash. Okay, yeah, I'm getting... So. If you don't scrap that kitchen floor... You ain't gonna rock and roar no more. Yakety yak. Don't talk back. da 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 Pick up the papers. Pick up the papers. Pick up the papers.
2: Pick up the papers. Pick up the papers. Pick up the papers paper and send the
0: trash. Welcome to Bad Puns and Machine Guns, the podcast where we watch and discuss every Arnold Schwarzenegger movie one at a time, and maybe the occasional surprise as well. I'm Kevin Keane,
1: And I'm Michael Olson, And today we are doing Twins, released by Universal Pictures on December 9th, 1988, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito, Kelly Preston, Chloe Webb, Bonnie Bartlett, Trey Wilson, Marshall Bell, and David Caruso. Written by William Davies and William Osborne and Timothy Harris and Herschel Weingrod. Directed by... Ivan Reitman.
0: Yes, Twins. A lighthearted comedy about a eugenics experiment. Yes, yeah. <laughs> which, which successfully created a Germanic Superman. Yes. Uh, the movie does not seem at least a bit interested in pers- like exploring the troubling implications of any of that.
1: No, I think the key word in this is comedy.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> I'm not sure that the subject matter I've taken on a, dr- on a dramatic tone could be a very, very different movie.
0: Yeah, Twins does a pretty good job tap dancing around it, but uh, and we'll get into it. But there's, like, I couldn't help, I, you know, having not seen it in a while, I couldn't remember if they actually explain more than they do in that opening, and they never do. And it's just like, well, what's the purpose of this experiment? To what end? It it is it is troubling of <laughs> who and why this
1: experiment was happening. But maybe that's uh, maybe that's for the sequel that that uh, never
0: really happened. Well, it never really happened, but uh, it may. We can get to that near the end. Yeah, we, that, we, we, well, yes, that we'll, we'll we'll save that as well. Should we talk? We just well, you brought it up. We may as well just talk about it now. Sure, because triplets, right? As the, as you were br- actually bringing up the the rumors that are going on.
1: Yes, there are rumors of that. And actually, when I first saw the title, I actually got really excited. For for a different reason, I'm like, well, you've got Julius and Vincent Benedict. Can I only hope that they're casting Charles Dance for to replies his Benedict from Last Action Hero? <laughs> As Benedict Benedict. As Benedict Benedict, but an, alas, no, that is not what the rumors are. It's taking it uh, a, a step further, at least what I saw is
0: yeah, Eddie Murphy. I mean, why not, right? Yeah, I mean, just based on this this opening scene of twins, I don't know how they're going to explain that away. Because we see all the fathers. Right. And, you know... I'm sure they'll come if they end up making that movie. It sounds like this kind of got getting stalled and maybe isn't going to get made. But if the, if Triplets gets made, I would I cannot wait to see the backflips that movie does to kind of explain where was Eddie Murphy this whole time. <laughs>
1: That's Well, he was making Beverly Hills Cop, right? Or at least one of them. No, I uh, <laughs> yeah. understood. And my, my guess is, is a line you and I like to use all the time. Oh, no problem. We just write one line of dialogue. Thank God we invented. Such and such. (laughs) The whatever device. The whatever device. And all of a sudden, you're able to explain all that that away that you've seen all six fathers that don't really look like Eddie Murphy.
0: It's funny you bring up that movie because, coincidentally, the director of that movie, thank you for smoking, appears in this movie.
1: Yes, as does his sister (laughs) appears
0: in this movie as well. And I have uh, a a little
1: bit of trivia on on the sister, but there's a
0: far more famous famous. Brother, if you will, I don't think I knew about the sister, but yes. uh, but yeah, we definitely have some similar notes. It seems because yeah, he's the kid uh, later in the movie who's terribly dribbling a basketball. Uh, yeah, <laughs> find something else for Jason Reitman to do, Dad. Come on, like he he this, he clearly cannot dribble that basketball. He's the worst basketball player I've ever seen. It it does
1: not look good, but you know what? <laughs> we'll get Things worked it. out in the end. He grew up and became a, a pretty good writer and a pretty good director. So. Very
0: good, I would say. But yes. yeah, so so uh, before we get to uh, the movie though. We were remiss in last episode because there was some Arnold Schwarzenegger-related news that we forgot to talk about.
1: Yes, a a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, And and
0: it's probably old news by the time this goes up. But we need to address it because it's crazy and hilarious. And and fits
1: in perfectly, actually, with the movie that we were remiss and missing is maybe in some ways life-imitating art that Arnold has been, I don't know if cast is the word, but perhaps, but selected
0: to replace uh, Donald Trump on the host of Celebrity Apprentice. Yes. Oh, because the last the last episode we talked about a movie was about a game show. And so yeah, he's, he's basically I mean, the host of a he's a game show host now. Yeah,
1: it's certainly reality TV in many ways. The
0: Running Man is you know the, a forerunner to reality television. So, and this movie he becomes a successful businessman. So like it covers all bases. He's it's a game show about running a business. Yes, so it's perfect. It's I am really interested to see what an Arnold Schwarzenegger hosted celebrity apprentice is like. Uh, I don't know if we're going to have – I don't know when that actually goes on the air or, uh, you know, who knows if we'll be doing podcasts then, whether we'll have given up on this or maybe we'll be between seasons or whatever when that goes on. We'll see. But, you know, I wonder if we have a certain obligation to at least watch it and see what it looks like. At the very least, I feel like I'm going to be watching the first episode just out of – morbid curiosity
1: curiosity that's what i said is uh even if it's not appropriate for this forum necessarily maybe it is maybe it isn't i'll certainly be interested
0: i mean because most of that show is just the celebrities running around doing random stuff and then arnold will show up at the end and you know who knows what it's going to be like with him hosting but yeah i'm very curious about that indeed but anyway that's that's that and uh before we get into the movie itself i gotta ask you how you watched this movie because the last episode we talked about i'd mentioned oh yeah it's on netflix and we recorded that late September. It was like September twenty something. We recorded that episode. That is correct. So yeah, how did you watch Twins?
1: So I was going to take your suggestion uh, <laughs> from the list that you had that the listening audience couldn't see on Excel. all right, oh, it's on Netflix. Great. I'll go back, put it on the watch list, and um, you know I'll get to it in a couple of days. Well, a couple of days was far too long, as the uh, rights apparently were uh, abandoned or. Uh, whatever, by October 1st, because when I went to pull it up, I'm like, I know I added this. Well, maybe I you know, made a mistake. No. So,
0: so did you check beforehand, like before it came off, did you look on Netflix and say, oh, there it is. I'll absolutely. Watch
1: it I, I know for a fact I added it to my watch list. And did it give us notice saying I got absolutely no notice? Exactly.
0: No notice whatsoever. I'm so mad, because here's what happened to me. I one, I got home from work one night, and I went like, I'll just, you know, I'll watch it for, I'll watch maybe half of it. Get it out sure. And then I'll watch the rest tomorrow. Guess what day I watched half of it? <laughs> On September 30th. Yes. And then... October 1st, it was down. And literally, I'm going like... I went to my uh, recent... Where is it? it did, I mean, I, I was watching it the day before. No right. notice. No notice that, hey, make sure you watch this now. Make sure you finish.
1: That is very interesting that you... I, I did not know that... I mean I know it could happen
0: because obviously it gets pulled down, but, but like i 've always seen Netflix give notices saying this is available until this date, and you know I, I you know sometimes rights Netflix loses the rights, I, you, there are negotiations right, going yeah. on that we are not privy to sure, you totally I, I get it that they have to sometimes take movies off of their streaming service, but they as far as I knew, they always gave a warning, nope, guess what you, that half movie you watched, you can never watch the rest, at least
1: not here on Netflix. I wound up, so I did not. Get halfway through. I had it on my list. I was uh, shaking my fist at the computer when I couldn't figure out why it wasn't on there. And then I went and checked the internet. I'm like, oh, okay. So, yeah, but imagine how I feel.
0: Well, odds are I would have paid for it anyway, just in case we wanted to play a clip. But either way.
1: I wound up not having to pay for it because I went to our local library and uh, took it out. So oh. I, I wondered... It's not like in the old days when I was a kid where you could look at the card catalog and the checkout date. I really wanted to know the last time somebody took out the movie (laughs) Twins from our library. (laughs) Uh, But that's not something that's available. I have a feeling that it's been... Quite some time, maybe not, but I have a feeling it's probably been quite some time since that uh, that movie has been taken out. do you but,
0: think if you had asked a librarian they would have told you because now I wish you had
1: um they probably would have told me, you know what if there are any others that um you know we go through that I wind up taking out of the library rather than either streaming or whatever, I think I may ask well, especially if it's an older one because you know if it, like, if it's something new, no, the recent ones I would completely expect, yeah people that, are you know turn all the time, but this is a nineteen eighty eight you know <laughs> yeah. comedy i Something tells me that this probably isn't. I was like, I was surprised they had it. I mean, it was great that they did, since Netflix decided to pull the rug, rug right out from under us. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I uh, pulled it down, and I probably I was trying to think. I probably haven't seen it since the late '80s or like early '90s. It's probably the last time I saw it.
0: Yeah, I probably I may have. I'll, I'll bet I saw it at some point, like in high school, maybe. I'm, so that's more recent than you, but not much. Yeah. That's. Yeah, definitely. I had like very vague memories of this movie. Uh, there, there were a few
1: things that I very distinctly remember. I mean, you know, there's a few lines that are you know really stand out, um, and the one thing that I definitely did remember, and I was I was excited. I, I really feel like more characters should be named Beetroot. That is yes, the one thing that that's a great I, I did not forget. I didn't need to look it up. I knew that there was a Beetroot McKinley in this movie. So, if nothing else, twins forever burn a character name into my head. That, that was a
0: surprise to me. I was like, that's his name, Beetroot McKinley? That's an amazing name. It is an awesome name. But yeah, I, I, the one thing I took away from it this viewing, Arnold was giving a great performance. Like, I mean, this genuinely. I was really impressed by Arnold's performance. And, you know, we're watching every one of his movies. I don't expect us to be praising as much as we love those movies. I don't expect us to be like praising, or at least I don't expect myself to be praising his acting a lot. Right, he's playing against type, and he's playing this like uh, you know really like not bumbling because he's very he's obviously like a, a super person. Right, but he, you know he's a he's a big dork. Yes, and it's it, that's kind of what's so funny about it is he's this innocent naive guy, and. uh... I don't know if he's ever played a part like that before or since, and he's great at it. Like he's really like, f- like surprisingly, like sweet and kind-hearted, and like the opposite of the killer Arnold. Right, that it's we're the, used to.
1: You're right. It's completely against type, and you can definitely see where this would be a movie that's even in 1988 with a huge name. You know, like like he he was a tough movie to get made. I mean, you've got. Ivan Reitman, who's directing, who obviously had a, a ton of success, and so maybe it was the stars and the director that were attached, but it, at least based on the box office, it was it was a huge success, so they, they certainly got the formula right on this one.
0: Yeah, and I think Ivan Reitman certainly still had a lot of clout uh, between, because he had done Ghostbusters in 84, and then Legal Eagles, which I've never seen, but I know it's relatively high, highly regarded, and uh, I don't think it was a huge hit, but People liked it. I think, I could be wrong. I don't know much about legal e- Legal Eagles, but uh, yeah. And then this was next, so I, I get this sense because there is a story I I heard Ivan Reitman tell a story on in an interview, and I tried to find it and I couldn't find it about how twins got made. And I guess like he and his wife and Arnold and Arnold's wife were all vacation. They just happened to be vacationing in the, in the same, same resort place. at the same time. Have you heard this story or no? No, I just and he, he like and Ivan Reitman and this I think was like in the this maybe was. 84, 85, my impression was. I mean, I don't remember specifics. I heard this interview years ago. And, you know, Ivan Reitman's impression of Arnold is just as a guy who shoots guns and just kills people in a movie. And, you know, his impression of him was as a B-movie actor. Right. Which he was at the time, for the most part. Uh, but over the course of bumping into him all the time... He just found him really charming and funny and went like, I need to make a comedy. With he wanted to guys. work with
1: him as a comedy. Yeah, no, that that's interesting. It certainly makes sense.
0: Yeah, and so he kind of was the one, because I think you're right, it probably was a tough movie to make, because who would think, in 1988, if you were to go to and pitch this idea, a comedy starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, where he, he really is the focus, he's not just like a secondary character. He has got, he's... I mean, to a certain extent, he's the straight man, but still, that's hard to do. Also, in a comedy, like he's carrying the load of the the,
1: the movie. Yeah, in particular, I mean, that, that's a good point that I hadn't thought even when I was watching. It, is that he really has the the tougher part because in in a comedy team like that, the straight man is the one who, if you don't have that right, it doesn't work. It just it doesn't.
0: And his and his like reactions to the world as he like experiences it, having being the sheltered guy, it's funny, but it's also very real. And I, I just think i I was just really impressed with Arnold's performance here, and there's no. I'm. This is not me being funny. Like I'm just genuinely like. <laughs> I really think this maybe is Arnold's best performance.
1: Yeah. No. And um, I. I think it's. It's probably not just you. Some of the reason why it was successful um, is exactly that is pe- people really enjoyed it. I mean, when I looked at looked at the numbers on IMDb, I mean, a hundred million dollars uh, on a comedy with you. Know, it kind of its premise. And the fact that it's Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito, and in 1988, $100 million, that, that's a—that's yeah, very impressive. So, yeah. I mean, it that's a lot. That's not just, that's repeat viewings. Um, so, yeah, it was a smash hit. I mean, yeah. there's
0: no question about it. And and I think I read that uh, this is the most money Arnold made on any of his movies ever, because he had, like, a cut of the back end or something. He had, oh. like, something about his deal, the way it was structured, that he, like, far more than a Terminator, any of the Terminators, any, like... Anything. He he made so much money on this movie, apparently. It, it, it make, so low it, budget. Yeah, just, I was going to say
1: it makes sense because even though, you know, I, we think it was probably tough to be made, the, the good news is is that there's not effects. There's not stuff that would cost that much. It's more of just reputational risk yeah. that if it doesn't work for everybody involved is why, including the studio, of why it's tougher to be made. But I'm sure, too, that it's highly lucrative when it doesn't cost that much to make and you get a back-end piece of something that doesn't cost that much. Uh, there's a lot of potential upside for you. Yeah, so...
0: Should we get into the yeah the details? So, so yeah.
1: at least the the one thing I noticed, uh, and I certainly didn't remember until I watched it because it had been so long. Is while he is, Arnold is not walking around <laughs> carrying uh, a giant log or uh, steel beams. He you do have his showing off his muscles on the beach in the you know opening three minutes of the movie. That's so, true. I felt like that even though he's not carrying anything, they still found found a way. And it's a different director and everything. They found a way, though, to make sure to have
0: Arnold flex at some point. It's a missed opportunity because he has that raft. Yes. They could have had him carrying an uninflated raft in like a, some kind of a case or something. Like, yes. They totally could have kept up with the tradition that we were pitching the previous episode. of. It, it's, it's too bad that we couldn't go back and edit that and,
1: and put something in with him just carrying something. It, uh, outrageously heavy for no apparent reason.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, uh, it, the movie opens with that. We already talked about like, the opening, ex- a voiceover explaining there was an experiment and it was, it was very vague about the purpose, but... Uh, v- vague about the purpose and what I noticed, at least in, in my viewing, you kind of covered it, but it was... He's got
1: Six Fathers and Roller Girl, is what, uh, <laughs> yeah. is what I
0: noticed. I had that same <laughs> and, thought.
1: And uh, I actually, I had some things, I'm like, oh, wow, you could actually make a really different movie here, but we'll just keep going with
0: what Twins is, Yeah, the you PG know, version. I meant to look up, and I forgot if this is Heather Graham's first movie. I believe it is, and I don't think she's credited. Yeah, she doesn't have it. any lines, she's just there right. for
1: that scene. I, I thought I had read somewhere that this, this was her first movie. Uh, so you know, she in in many ways will either be Roller Girl or Mercedes Lane to me. No matter uh, how many how many movies I see with her, those are the two most impressionable Heather Graham uh, roles. License okay. to Drive is the other one because you're you're looking like you you don't recognize Mercedes Lane. Oh, I didn't know she was in that. That's yes. one I haven't seen since oh. like ninety two or something. Okay. Believe it, I've seen that more recently than I had twins. So, <laughs> so anyway, that that's what I noticed. I noticed the I, I hadn't thought as much as you had about uh, the type of experiment, but the six fathers plus roller girl, I, I went in that it direction.
0: A, yeah, it paints a picture. Yes, <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, yeah, so yeah, Julius learns he's got a brother. The, yes, the the scientist is like father, father, or, father yeah. if you will. Is is are we to believe that Arnold that Arnold's character Julius? He speaks with an Austrian accent because he was raised by this Austrian guy. Is I, that is that why that guy has an, also has an accent? I, I think that was
1: the point. They were trying to get some level of authenticity, yeah. Okay.
0: I thought so. I just wasn't sure. I'm like, am I imagining this? Because like, this guy has an accent. And I was like, is that Austrian or is that something else? I couldn't... Really... I mean, I'm
1: certainly not an expert at accents, but that's, that's what I kind of took away. And I, I think it also helped because you've got him in this tropical, you know, kind of... I know it's secluded, you know, um, setting... Yeah. So I, I think that kind of helps since he was a you know an infant he was taken away. You he, this is where he learned his speech, especially if you don't have TV and everything else. I think they had to have the accents match up, if you will, because he doesn't. You know he
0: he he learns the world from books. He's not learning it from. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, never, I didn't think about it, but he probably didn't have any kind of movies or TV, right? Because that's the stuff he seems kind of kind of shocked. Yeah, whereas he yeah, we know he learns. Yeah, because what, what is the thing uh, later? Vince says, oh. He, he like quotes. He like oh Frankenstein, right? He's like, you ever yep. see Frankenstein's?
1: I read the book. I read the book. Right, so, so that's why I think they try. I'm not sure if that actor that's his natural accent or not, but that's that's what I took. Is them trying to have some level of authenticity. I guess so. It
0: just seems like a flimsy explanation, but I, I guess I guess I'll buy it. So yeah, so uh, and then we meet uh, Vincent, Jules's twin brother. Yeah, yes. Who is in in bed with some woman, we don't learn any of the details about that situation. He's nope. going to jump out the window. He's
1: going to jump out the window and <laughs> go about his day.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. It kind of the movie, the rest of this movie is kind of this like parallel love story between him and Linda, right? And then yes. Arnold and uh, Julius and Marnie? Yeah, Marnie, Marnie. Yes. Uh well, love story in quotes. It's not it's, it's not so much a love story as it's just like Sexual attraction, there's yes. Just, there's when, coupling. Yeah, there's the whole. There's no real like emotional element to it. They just they just have the hots for each other, and that's Pre- the, yes. That's the extent of it. But whatever, let's just call it a love story for simplicity's sake. Sure. So it's interesting that the movie sets up Vincent as in this is how we're meeting him, and then we're supposed to care about his love story later. It's like I don't know if I necessarily buy that he's not going to keep doing this. You know.
1: Uh, you know, maybe maybe Julius has uh, shown him a new way, but it is uh, not a flattering opening for, for Vincent. That could be.
0: I mean, well, uh, this is a broader topic, but, like, yeah, I guess... The, I mean, you figure that this is a movie about Julius coming and finding his brother and teaching him to be a better person, but he doesn't really, because at the end of the movie, he still steals a bunch of money and lies to his brother about it, right? Well, or did I misinterpret that? Or well, should we just save it? Uh, we can save it. I I, <laughs> I wasn't... I wasn't sure, and that I mean—I'm not sure either. That's the thing. It's because there was a briefcase. Uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, I, mean, I, I guess I should say the same disclaimer. If you haven't re- seen the movie, you probably should see it. See the movie because you know we're getting way we just jumping to the end right now. But uh, yeah, he's there's a briefcase full of five million dollars, right? Yes. And then they're talking at the end of the movie, and yes. it's like a, it's a good thing you told you to return a briefcase, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, the four million dollars," and he gives like a look. So he stole a million dollars, right? That, I mean that's I did not rem-
1: I did not remember that from my, you know, previous viewings, but right, now right. when when obviously taking a, a far closer look at this for uh for this podcast, I, I I was thinking to myself, I better I better write that down and I guess compare notes because it was very clear many times that it was a, you know, I mean he's specifically one of Danny DeVito's most memorable scenes is when he's trying to say the words $5 million when he right. hears from Beetroot McKinley, my favorite character of all time. Yeah, the, name of the movie time. goes out of its way to make just you remember that figure.
0: Yes. $5 million. So
1: yes, I think you're you're right. I can't imagine that was just an editing mistake. That um, yes, I believe he stole a million dollars, so I'm not really sure that Vincent really learned anything.
0: Yeah, so he's not a better person at the end of this no. movie. I mean, to a certain extent, I think it's just, this is an 80s movie. It's not a happy ending unless our characters are filthy rich. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's part of it. But... Yeah, like, so why should I care about any of it? He's, oh, I'm a better person. It's like, I don't, clearly I'm, that's not true. You just became a more successful criminal. Uh, Yes, and, and maybe it
1: seems like he's, may have found the error in his ways with womanizing. Maybe, you know, you get the impression you don't necessarily know that. But definitely he's, he's only a better criminal with a, uh, a nicer office or at least nicer <laughs> build out because it appears to be the same office but just a nicer sign out front.
0: And it seems it's just like a more elaborate or a more uh, uh, like a higher level of scam. Yes. We're like the Rand Corporation, only smarter. Only smarter. What does that mean? It's just as much nonsense as your old yes. office was. Okay. But let's, let's back up. Let's go, let's go back to the beginning. So yeah, Ju- uh, Julius flies to the United States to find his brother. Which I don't know how he got a passport, but whatever. I assume the government set him up. Uh, or no, yeah. I guess technically he'd be an American citizen because he's born in Los Alamos, right? Yes. So I okay. Assuming that with this cover up, that he
1: you know had a real birth certificate. I'm not I'm not sure how that would work. They do but, the, they do have the
0: same last name.
1: Right? Yeah. So maybe there was a birth certificate, and they were you know just the mother and the brothers were lied to about right. the the end result. So the passports may be covered. What I don't understand is where. I didn't see that shiny briefcase anywhere on that raft. I'm not sure where he picked that up in the interim, but... Oh, really? I didn't... Maybe I missed it, but I'm like, I I just said, where did he get that that case? I just, I don't understand, you know, and it seemed to me just like a very 80s case, too, meaning... I, it seems like the type of case where there'd be a bunch of money, you know, in a in a ransom exchange, and and that apparently is his luggage. I was,
0: it's very confusing. You know what it looked like to me, and I I I need to stop bringing up early '90s ref, wrestling references because we're going to attract like a wrestling crowd that like neither of us cares about wrestling anymore. Just to make that clear, but. It we looked did. Like it we looked, did it one time. It, we was... did it one time. But it, to me, it looked like IRS, the wrestler IRS's Ooh, briefcase. Erwin R. Scheister, you're right. I forgot about that. He would, he would that. hit people over the head with the, his, his steel briefcase? Yes. I'll bet it's a real briefcase. I'll bet it's just like, this is like a high-end briefcase. Probably. I just <laughs> want to know where he got it from between the island and... Yeah, he probably bought it at the airport and like, maybe Hawaii the, or something. Maybe at the duty-free shop. At the duty-free <laughs> shop. Uh, yeah, the, the movie does actually like, it's funny how that briefcase is like, it's just omnipresent. Yeah, I mean but, it's like in the whole movie, but I guess he just carries his clothes in it. It, uh, it almost you almost feel like there's going to be something in there that like re- is a big reveal at the end of the movie, but no, it's just kind no, of, it's, it's just a briefcase. It's that he just carries. a shiny, shiny case. I guess it's just to make him look like a rube or something. He's
1: Apparently, I mean, the clothes I think do enough. You don't need to have that, but yeah, the shorts, <laughs> the, the, the shorts do it. So you've uh, he's in uh, he's in California and wandering around. I did notice that in, as you, know, you have the montage of different places that he's at learning about the world, they did work in Stallone yet again. I, I'm not as sure about the... You know, what. I, I really don't know. There must be, have been some mutual respect or something because Stallone makes uh, his way into a lot of these Schwarzenegger movies as we're going
0: through them. And places I, I, didn't, I certainly didn't remember that. Oh, at, really? At all. No. That was one of the things I also remember because okay. this might be the, the origin of that because it kind of went back and forth. Because there's a thing in Demolition Man about the Schwarzenegger library. That is true. Uh, there, there are a few Schwarzenegger references in Stallone movies. But I, I, I was thinking, like, is there one prior to this? And I don't think there was. This may have been. And I don't know how friendly a rivalry it was at the time. I think it grew. I mean, obviously, they've made movies together since, like right? Recently, but I don't know. I feel like at the time they, this was. Because Arnold, he sees a poster of Rambo, uh, what Rambo First Blood Part Two. I think so. Yes, it's hard to describe because the Rambo movies, the numbering is so crazy. Right, the second Rambo movie, and then he feels his own muscle. Yes, and then he goes like, "Feh!" He just he just like waves his hand at <laughs> at Rambo as if to say like That's that's Nothing. not a real muscle." Right, so I, it it feels more like a shot than like a. Uh, Yeah. Friendly. And maybe I'm thinking
1: because I'm thinking of the later ones, particularly which we've already done the movie, but last action hero when he gives the
0: He was fantastic in this.
1: (laughs) So that you may be right. Maybe it did start out that it was, you know, some jousting, but eventually turned into kind of a you know a friendly nod.
0: Yeah, this one feels a little a little mean spirited because he's just like, I'm my muscle's bigger, but yeah, maybe it was maybe it was friendly. It's hard to say. Yeah, this this scenery's winding around. I kind of enjoy it. The funny thing to me is he's walking around in every shot. He's eating a different thing, or just yes. every single time you cut away and cut back. He's he's got he's got a hot dog and he's got a, a piece of pizza and nothing take- healthy. That's for sure. Yeah, well, I was I was thinking like and then later he's eating like Vincent's making all that newt food. Yes. And like yeah, that should have been a subplot in this movie. of Just it's like uh, when Homer got that uh that, ch- that monkey or whatever. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Pray for mojo. Mojo. He should have he helped her monkey. Yeah, Julius should have like it should have Packed uh, on just in an enormous amount of weight. Yeah, We're just like, "Oh, this is American food." Oh, you know, <laughs> I, I can't take it. But this scene where he's wandering around, this is going to be the point where I bring up the music in this movie. Okay. What this mu- music is crazy! I mean, the whole this whole score is bad. And I took a shot at the Ghostbusters two score last last episode. Yes. Guess what? One of the guys who wrote this score wrote the Ghostbusters two score. So, <laughs> and he, he did kinder- Kindergarten Cop also. So I have one last chance to one, slam this guy. One more haymaker you can throw. The, this the music in this. I, I'm, let's let's play this clip because it's like this music is so bizarre. So Arnold's getting off the bus. I like, how, how did he even know which bus to get on? He just got I, on a bus that said Hollywood. <laughs> I did not notice that, thank you. And that he, he just he, got on a random bus. But listen to this music. It's just like weird, like it's not quite scatting. <laughs> it's bizarre and just the music it's, in
1: this movie. It is not good. I forgot about the ice cream. Yes, good. he Yeah, he's got ice cream, no, he's eating the hot dog. It it's interesting too for Although he does—that's right—he does give the hot dog away. I forgot. Yeah. But you know, for someone who uh, you know would go on later to, to do promotional things uh, about you know kids' obesity and, and working out, it's interesting that this uh, this montage has got him just eating the worst foods you possibly could.
0: Yeah, that was later. That was it's true. It, it is. Was, it was a later. A few years after this the yes. fitness stuff. Uh, so while he's doing that, yeah, Vince is off stealing a car. Yes,
1: uh, and the introduction of. I just have poor David Caruso. <laughs> Why? I mean not at this point. Uh this was obviously early for him. I just he's he's always the example that I use, uh, and maybe you could have Shelly Long in this category too of I've made it really big. I've been successful. I'm, I'm bigger than what has made me successful. I'm going to go on to bigger and better things. And Oh, right. oh no, you won't. The TV,
0: the TV actor who just can not yes. make it.
1: So that's the only reason I say poor David Caruso is that uh, he, he eventually would go on to ruin his career. I think he's had a little bit
0: of a renaissance. Yeah, because obviously recently he, he got famous again for CSI Miami. But what was the show he was on back at, around this time? Uh, well, it would have been after this, but it was NYPD Blue. Oh, was he on NYPD Blue? Yeah, that's, okay. I mean, that's what he became famous for. I knew it was something like that. Yeah. But Twins, like, this is 88. This isn't that early in his career. I mean, it took him a while to get really famous, but he was, he was in the first Rambo. Yeah,
1: I, I guess you're, you're right. Like this, is, this, is,
0: this is a relatively small
1: part. Obviously, there's there's not a lot to it for
0: But him. yeah, he's, he's just there to kind of be uh, Vince's buddy to help him steal a car. Yes. So Vince steals a uh, BMW, right? And, and sells it to some chop shop? Yes. Uh, so here's my question, because we learn... He owes $20,000 to the Klein brothers who are after him. They're not really – these guys don't seem that threatening to me. I mean, I guess it's just because this is a comedy and they don't want it to be too serious. But too like, menacing, right? These guys are clowns. Like, why, why is he that scared of them? But he owes $20,000. He steals his BMW, sells it for $4,000. And I know David Cruz has said you can't do this anymore, but he got $4,000 for that car. And then the next time we see him, he's trying to sell his socks. Like, go steal four more cars. Problem yeah. <laughs> solved. Yeah, it
1: uh, there there were a couple of I think maybe examples of that that it's just like well wait
0: wait wait a minute this this doesn't this doesn't make a lot of sense the whole like him owing money stuff it's unnecessary I mean I guess it's just to ramp up the put- stakes or yeah exactly
1: but. yeah so it's, it's it's not a, a strict comedy so you have to have kind of that that presence I guess and you're right they're they're not all that menacing but I do think it was probably dialed down because this was not going to be you know a normal Schwarzenegger movie,
0: right? Yeah. Whereas Webster, though, is like, that's a, he's like a hitman or whatever. Yeah. It's not clear what his actual, like, his usual Uh, uh, business is. Yeah.
1: We'll get to that. That's the, that's, he's actually the most confusing thing in this whole movie. I mean, (laughs) the the logic of how Vincent's going to get the money doesn't make any sense because it seems like there's a really much easier path than the one he's taking. But Webster
0: even makes less sense to me. But we, we, we can certainly get to that. Yeah. Uh, Selling their socks, I feel like, is the last. You know, he's got so many more options before he needs to sell his socks. I agree. So, I mean, okay. So, meanwhile, uh, Julius, he's trying to track down Vincent and he goes to the orphanage.
1: Yeah. The only thing I, I want to highlight before that is when uh, the, I think I know
0: what it'll be, but go ahead.
1: Well, maybe not. Uh, there, well, there, there's something at the orphanage as well that uh, I need to highlight that you may or may not. But just before that, in kind of the last. Um, moment of, you know, his innocence or whatever and kind of that him wandering the streets aimlessly uh, is, you know, the the two guys that are trying to rip off said briefcase because they probably oh. think it's full of money too because that's what I would think, seeing that briefcase. Yeah. What I love is how he diagnoses a concussion by touching a guy. And what I'm thinking is I'm like... Why isn't Julius in the NFL as a doctor? I mean, here we are in 2015, and they still are unable to really determine a lot about concussions, right? right? He should be on... The, they, they need Julius to be teaching any every NFL doctor... Every team doctor to be on the sideline to just, I guess, touch by your Adam's apple and you're able to diagnose a concussion on the spot. That that was one of the things I could not let go.
0: Yeah, or he was just uh, maybe he thinks he knows more about medicine than he <laughs> actually does. <laughs> that,
1: that could be he's just making it up.
0: Well, that's what, he's obviously like a very like he's, he's not the, he doesn't lie he says, but like maybe he like the books that he read. Because I don't, yeah, you're right that we don't know a lot about concussions and just the brain in general. But maybe right. he was reading like thirty year old. Like medical textbooks, where it's just like, yeah, feel their neck, and if it feels like this, it's a, con- it's a concussion. Yeah, that is a pretty funny scene that I, I, I forgot about because you know, these two guys, I guess they're purse snatchers usually, because like, cause one guy distracts you right. while the other guy drives by his motorcycle and, and grabs whatever you're holding. Yes. So you know you got to be holding something pretty significant. Like I wonder how often they come across people who oh, let's steal that briefcase or let's I, steal.
1: The- yeah, they they clearly were duped, and maybe that was the actually maybe that briefcase for his luggage was actually just set up for that scene yeah, to show that. that he doesn't like violence right. and
0: that how strong he is the guy coming
1: by on a motorcycle.
0: He doesn't even know the guy's coming but he's still so strong. He doesn't he's like violence. So st- yes. Just his normal grip on his luggage is yeah. so strong that it, yeah, it is funny how he ends up apologizing to them. Yes. He's just like I'm sorry, I have to go. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's a good scene to set up just his naivete. Uh So yeah, so the orphanage. Yes. Yeah, so I the the
1: there, there's actually some things on the serious side, but the one thing I, I want to get out is that the um, I, I wondered if the nun who was walking Julius through wanted a marble rye is really
0: what <laughs> I wanted I, to know. What, something tells me you were thinking the same thing. That was the thing I thought you were going to bring up. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's unmistakable. At, if you're a Seinfeld fan, yes, you'll immediately Yes, you know Im- instantly. Despite the
1: fact that actually, you know, in the fate, I mean, the, this is probably, I don't know, this is 88 and that episode the marble rye episode was probably somewhere six seven years later Yeah, it's probably 94
0: or something yeah
1: and she's you know pretty covered up in the scene as a nun but it was unmistakable
0: yeah like, she looks exactly the same yes exactly the it's not a question it's like immediately it's like oh my god there she is it's the marble rye lady yeah, <laughs> yeah it was it's funny to see her I, I i looked her up and then i forgot i looked up a million things and then i'd forgotten 90 of it but uh i remember seeing that like she started acting re- really late and like This was like one of her first movies. Like, she's one of these people who just, I'm going to start acting at like age 57 or who knows what. But yeah. And you know, for some of those people, though, that's
1: great because casting of that type of role is something that maybe somebody who was a more famous person that had acted a lot in their life wouldn't want to be the old lady you know in certain things but sure. somebody who's later in life that's a great opportunity for them <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna start my career as the old lady exactly like, yeah,
0: you don't have to worry about aging out of roles or whatever
1: so the one thing that i noted that this kind of starts um is a little bit of the and it doesn't get too heavy and too deep into this but it gets a, a little bit and it is something that i wanted to cover but it starts to introduce the nature versus nurture yeah um, kind of aspect um, which you know I, I find interesting again. That's not on the comedy side, but this is where it you know really starts to kind of have a little bit of a split. Despite the fact that they are through the experiment uh, twin brothers, that they've had significantly different upbringings and yeah. the you know apparent impact that that's had.
0: Well, it's, uh, it feels like the movie wants to have that conversation, but it's the scenario that it's set up is a bad way to like. It's a bad experiment. If you wanted to, you know, if you wanted to look at uh, nature versus nurture. It's interesting because I, one of the writing teams, because there were two writing teams that wrote this, and one of those teams wrote Trading Places, which is also very much about nature versus nurture. Yep. Uh, but that movie actually is about that, whereas this, you know, Julius has both all of the nature and all of the nurture. You know what I mean? Like, yep. He had the advantages in both. It's not like one of them got one but not the other, and vice versa. It's like, well, Julius is a you know a nicer. Stronger, like physically and like mentally, he's smarter. He knows twelve languages, whatever. But the movie doesn't give an answer of whether that's nature or nurture because he had both advantages for both. Yeah, so, and and
1: maybe it was. I didn't realize and didn't do the research, but thank you for doing so. The different writing teams, and maybe that was. Maybe it was. It was going in one direction. Well, the
0: other t- writing team wrote "Stop or my mom will shoot." So there's oh. <laughs> different caliber. Oh man, between those two writing. Oh man, teams. that's not good. <laughs> anyway, we yeah, continue. I'm sorry to so, interrupt so, for that. Sorry,
1: Sylvester Stallone. Please, please don't, come, please don't come find us. But oh, that's not good. <laughs> that <laughs> he, is not he good. he knows that. So he you know, knows what he did. I, I, he knows what he did. I think. Um, I, I think as we get get further, and uh, Vincent, you know, kind of starts, I guess, the journey, and is is maybe a better place to get to it. But this is kind of where it's introduced. But you get his background. Uh, which is, I think, really what is the most important important thing in in this entire scene, and it also just moves forward that Julius is. I'm not sure how he, fit, you know, got there, and you know how what he's doing for money to be able to travel to these places and whatever. But you know, he's continuing on the path to try and find his brother.
0: Yeah, it seems like Julius has some kind of a stash that his uh, scientist uh, stepfather gave him or whatever. But yeah, because it's, it's, it's he's just buying things and handing out money. He doesn't. Which, which, come to think of it. Never didn't occur to me until just now. How much money does he have? Because you maybe he could just pay off uh, Vincent's debt right there. It, it, it didn't occur to me either. That's that's very interesting. Maybe he has like he doesn't a seem, million dollars. Who knows? Nothing, money never seems to be an object for anything he buys, or he's buying t-shirts and hot dogs and all through the course of this movie, he's buying things. Except for at the end of the movie where he steals a car. He doesn't have enough money to buy a car. But yes. you know. well, he, he borrowed a car. But yeah, yes. he borrowed it. You're right. Yes. Pardon me. Uh, I feel like the the point of view that this movie has as far as nature versus nurture is troubling, <laughs> to a certain degree, because later in the movie when they find their the they go to Los Alamos and just walk in because apparently you can just wander into Los Alamos laboratory, but uh, and the the guy who's the head of that project tells Vincent, yeah, you're the crap, you're the genetic crap, the leftover, and the movie, I mean, Arnold kind of goes like, no, that's not true, but the he's just trying to make Vincent feel better. Like, the movie never refutes that, and the movie kind of is saying, like, yeah, the reason why he's a dirtbag is because of his genetics, and that's kind of... I feel like the movie is kind of coming down on the nature side of the equation, but maybe that's maybe that's just my interpretation, but... It no, it could
1: it, be, and you know, it's interesting, you're right, I hadn't thought about it, that they give both the nurturing and the genetic... I mean, you give Arnold's character, Julie's, both. It, I guess if you really wanted to have the debate, you would... Put Julius, you know, in you know an unloving, uncaring right, home with all of the genetic advantages, and and that's kind of how you would play that out.
0: Yeah, if they had both been raised in that orphanage, not knowing they were brothers or something. Yeah, but I mean, but like, look at that orphanage, and look at what we learn about Vincent. You know, the, that 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 nun makes it sound like he was by far the worst kid who has like ever come through there, and like notoriously horrible and you know there's this implication about him and a nun when he was 12 and all yep. that biology teacher and all yeah julius loved biology sort of vincent uh, that's a pretty good line even though it's it like he was 12 this isn't like, it's pretty that, yeah that that's messed up it is when,
1: when again when you get like kind of past the surface oh it's kind of funny it's like oh wait a minute
0: no actually i mean it's it's portrayed like the nun portrays it as oh it's poor sister so and so he really disgraced her. It's like if this, you know, if that oh, really happened, she would go to prison. The nun like, would go to prison. Yeah, no. No I'm, one would blame, you no. know, Vincent. So it's like, they, but it's always played as a gag. They do it later in the movie. They come, they come back to it and make it a, a joke. It's just what a crazy thing. Um, but yeah, yeah they, that, that's but, something I don't
1: think that I don't think that would be written the same way today. I,
0: you're probably right. But uh, but regardless of that, like the movie is definitely saying Vincent was bad from jump. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it seems like the movie is saying, you know, he had his genetics made him into a, a, a bad person. Even at the end, when he's not, you know, despite everything that Julius tried to like impart on him and teach him, like we talked about, he still stole a million dollars. He didn't learn anything. He didn't change at all. It's, I feel like this movie is actually saying, your genetics are 100 percent what determine what kind of a person you are, which is kind of troubling. It's kind of a weird thing for a weird point of view for a lighthearted comedy to be taking.
1: Yeah, I I think uh I think you're right and I'm not sure that I'm not sure that I, I I I would agree with that either. You know, my you know, my my personal life, we've we've um we've experienced, you know, uh with our kids something different and I there are certainly things that I've noticed that um nature definitely seems to be prevalent, but the thing, some of the things I've noticed in it are like facial expressions and things like that that um, our son makes the same facial expressions as his birth mother and he hasn't you know spent as much time obviously not nearly as much time those are things that's like wow they look and but not just look in the face but i'm talking the actual expressions there's no way you could have learned that but in terms of other things that you know of of his who he is that's f- f- so much harder to determine so i do yeah. definitely believe that there are some things that are genetically mapped on you absolutely but i would not agree that just if you're if you're dealt a certain thing genetically that you can't be something
0: different. Yeah, I, okay, yeah. I don't buy that either. I thought for a second you were saying you were disagreeing with my interpretation. No. You're saying you're disagreeing with the movie. The yeah, no, I,
1: I don't think it's all one either. What I, I guess what I'm saying is I have noticed that there are some things that were like, wow, there's no way that could have been learned yeah. because you haven't seen it, but you you know, maybe you scrunch your nose or whatever. You do it the same way as, you know, your your birth parents. To, you know that to me, and it, it, it was it was things that I'd never think of, and I can't even explain the facial expression. But like, if you see a side by side, go wow! You know that that's it's the same it's the same face essentially, yeah. and I, I'm sure that there are things that you know my mom, I do the same things that my mom does. Yeah. Um, so. Having kind of a, a little bit of experience, certainly not the same thing. I I don't buy that at all, and it is surprising. I, I guess maybe it's better that it's in a light-hearted comedy than it is if it was actually trying to be a serious movie, and had that message. I think it might even I think it might even be worse.
0: Well, yeah, it's I, mean, I don't think this movie is trying to deliberately make that point, but that's the way it comes off.
1: Yeah, sure. no, and maybe you're right is that it's un, un, an unintended consequence. Yeah, of uh, they want. They wanted DeVito's character, because, I mean, what, they cast Danny DeVito, because, right? I mean, he, yeah. he, he looks like that guy. I mean, that, so they wanted that. I, I, you're probably right. It, hopefully, it's not some message that they're trying to, uh, to, to be subliminal about, um, about the nature versus nurture. And maybe it just wound up being that way, because they wanted Vincent, because it's Danny DeVito, to be that bad of a guy.
0: Yeah, it's just one of those things and it's funny that this is coming up. This is kind of a heavy discussion for this very yeah. lighthearted comedy. But yeah, this hits this issue kind of hits both of us in different ways because you have an adopted son and I was adopted myself. Yep. And so it's something that you know, we are coming from, you know, you and I come from different points of view on this, but it affects both of us directly. Yeah. So uh it's it's uh I don't I don't like i was saying I don't think the movie is trying to make a point, but I think the point of view of the writers, like, I think they're they, they're probably coming from a point of view and coming from a bias that they don't realize they have, yep. and so next thing you know, they accidentally wrote a movie, and it's just especially, when you think about, this is a movie, I was joking earlier about the, the fact that it's a comedy about eugenics, but if you're gonna make a movie about eugenics, you better be damn careful about what you're saying about it. Yeah,
1: no, and I, I think it's a good point that, you know, we both kind of have different perspectives, and it's the reason why I said that I'm glad that it isn't, you know, only comedy because I do, what I do feel like, you're right that I think that it's, it was written from a bias that, you know, I I don't know anything about the writers. You know, maybe they were adopted. Maybe they're adopted parents. Don't know. Who knows? That was unfair of me to insinuate that. The guess is, you know, probably not. And so, but what I did feel that I was glad to see because, again, this is the first time in a long time, but definitely the first time since I became an adoptive parent. What I did you know, like to see is that there was some portrayal of the difficulty of kind of the, and again, this is a little bit heavy, but whatever. I I, I think that this is sort of drama, sort of comedy, but yeah. of, of the loss. And, you know, Vincent in particular has it more than, than Julius.
0: Um, oh, I, I agree a hundred percent. I can tell you, I very much relate to, he gives, he talks about how like, um, you know, he has a, he has a, he has a file of like where he could find, what was it? Because uh, we're jumping ahead again. But like, he steals the file from from the from the, from the orphanage. orphanage and dead. what does it have? It has her address. Yes. But does it say that she's dead, or he he has her address but refuses to go uh, find her? Right. Is that what it is? No. I, I I thought that it said that that he had an address and
1: that that she she was dead and that.
0: Well, no, he thought she was dead, but
1: then doesn't he learn from the file? Oh, that that's right. And oh, she that, didn't
0: die. That he, that says that she abandoned
1: him. Yes, his yes. That you're right and. And so maybe that's why they do have it played up that his his loss is is even harder than right. than what Julius would have. But I, I guess
0: because Julius I, knows the truth, he just didn't know about his brother. But he knows. I mean, well, I guess he also thinks that she died, right? But he knows at least about the experiment and that right. You know, it was basically a surrogate mother situation, etc. He has more knowledge, so he doesn't.
1: They have him not, I guess, struggle as much. Although I think. I still think he would, and he does somewhat because he—I mean—he wants to find out more information. So I, yeah. I guess you know it, it's a—it's a long way of getting to. I'm glad this isn't you know a movie specifically about that stuff, but it is in some way. So I'm glad that it wasn't just completely glossed over. Um, and I guess the way some comedies could be, and I think the way a lot of comedies are made today, is they really, really would have downplayed that if addressed it at all. And I think that would be a disservice if you're going to have this kind of content as your backdrop for your comedy. You you can't just have it slapstick type stuff because um, there is a certain heavy heaviness to yeah
0: to well, that. It's a it's 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 the movie hand, on, on like an individual character level it handles it pretty well. It handles it in a way that is pretty like deft. And it doesn't it doesn't seem you know insensitive in any, any way. So it's like that that stuff the character stuff I think this character or this movie really nails. But when you look at like the, the big picture, of what we were talking about, what it's saying about nature versus nurture yeah, and genetics and all that—that's the part that is unsettling. I think if this hadn't if if this hadn't been a movie about a eugenics experiment, none of this would be an issue. If they'd just been twins, twins that are just crazily different, right? Just they just happen to be crazily different. I don't think any of it would have been a problem. I think that's really what adds the creepy context to it. Agreed. And again, without knowing what the purpose of that eugenics experiment is, it's just that's the thing that is the missing key. All they had to do is explain that, like, why you know, just some kind of what context. Was, what was the purpose? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, we've been talking about this a long time. We should probably move on. But it's it's definitely a thing worth talking about in this movie because it's yeah. No, I mean, I think that's some of the the most I,
1: to me it was some of the most important content. So ultimately, where we left off is, uh, you know, the at the, the orphanage, kind of the the key piece of information is obtained. Well, the uh, nun
0: tells him he's probably in a jail someplace. Yes. Look, look for jail. It's just like, that's coincidence. He, was only, he only just went to jail. Yes, t- for t- parking yeah. tickets, no less. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly not a capital crime, but uh, apparently, if they build up enough. Uh, L- luckily, all those Grand Theft Auto's are off his record. Because- uh, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> Nobody knows about those. Yeah. It's just the parking tickets. He's managed to keep that under wraps. Uh, so, you know, for me, he's in jail, and it basically just sets up the all right, now we need to get these two together.
0: But this is the scene where where Julius comes in and he say I'm looking for Vincent Benedick and the guys like you got him and like Arnold's performance this is really the scene where I started to hook in and go like oh Arnold is really good in this movie cuz like you can see his disappointment but he doesn't want to look disappointed he's yes. and he's not sure if this is his brother or not and he like all these emotions are going across his face and I, you can really read them he's giving he's actually acting in this movie he's right. not just standing around shooting guns and he goes and talks to the guy. The guy says, "Yeah, that's him." And he turns around. And his he kind of like composes himself and smiles, and then he gets excited again. His this whole scene, he's so great in it.
1: Yeah, no, and um, I I didn't notice it as much, but you're right. In particular, I do remember the the kind of change in the the excitement. You know, when he's first when he first hears from the guard. Yeah, the, you you got him. It is definitely a time where he's he's actually acting and.
0: You can see him go through the stages yeah. of the like, reactions, you know. He's great, and then the the part I really love is uh, when uh, Julius tells Vincent, "like we're twin brothers," and just like, "oh, I could." And he's you know, Vincent's being very sarcastic. Right. De- 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 Devito's good in the scene too, but it's, he's he's just joking. He's yes. giving a you know, wise ass performance. But he goes, like, oh, I thought I was looking into yeah, a mirror. I was gonna say, and that was one of the lines that's like, it's almost impossible to forget from the movie. I thought I was, when I sat down, I thought I was looking into a mirror. But Arnold uh, Julius's response to that is the part I, I love where he goes, we are not identical twins. Uh, yeah, ex- Which is I, a funny line, but yes. it's also Julius... He's not sure if Vincent just doesn't understand, or right. he, he he suspects he's being made fun of, but he's not sure, and he's trying to give him the benefit. All that's happening at once, and man, I just think Arnold is Yeah, really and,
1: good. and the, we're not identical. I think, again, it's sort of the, uh, what we said is that he gets the straight man right, is that it's believable the way that he responds with it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's not just him playing dumb. Right. He's, you know, he's naive, and he doesn't understand a lot of these things. <laughs> he's like... Yeah, that's slang, huh? You know that stuff is really funny, uh, but he's not a—he's not stupid. He's obviously the opposite. We learn he's very intelligent. And we, you know, we see it later. He's—he's he's very smart, and under- he just doesn't understand right the world some, that he's in. He
1: needs some world or street smarts, if you will. He just doesn't have it at that point. Yeah,
0: but anyway, yeah, he's—he bails him out, spends some of that money of his, bails and, him
1: out, and uh, yes, again, money is of no object. I wonder how much he had to post. I don't know what a parking ticket, you know. Well, how much you have to post to get somebody out for parking tickets and uh, promptly gets ditched. Yeah. Uh, well, I should say, actually not promptly. First, he goes and then gets the car in the impound, which I'm guessing these dollars are really adding oh, up to
0: 20000 very quickly. I can now tell I you about it. firsthand, my day job involves dealing with impound lots. On a daily basis, and yeah. Well, I mean, it was probably only impounded for a couple of days. I don't know how long the, the movie is insinuating he was in jail. Yeah, whatever. Say like two, three days. <laughs> or, or maybe maybe Arnold was just going from jail to jail for months. Maybe uh, the movie just <laughs> skipped over. like you, we can, who, uh, who We're knows? not going to do a jail uh, jail montage. Yeah, there's already been too many montages. Uh, yeah, but I, you know, a couple of days, and state laws differ, but I think California. A couple hundred bucks to get that car out of the impound lot. So uh, the the point is, is that we're getting
1: closer and closer now that we're walking through this to that twenty thousand. That for money of no object, it seems like this could easily be taken care of by Julius. But then again, you'd have no movie. Well, they,
0: he, they immediately. Well, there's a few. There's some things happen, but in a minute, he's going to take Julius to help him steal another car. Yeah. Right? So
1: that's what I was. So at it, it least um, that leads to the. the 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 next car being delivered in some awesome Hawaiian shirts. Which <laughs> oh, right, yeah, those guys, uh, those guys wearing those. All I could think of was uh, Arnold's lines in the Running Man. So I, I, I guess it was it's great to have a Hawaiian shirt connection between episode two and episode three. Well, yeah, that's the connection. There are actually a few more connections. Well, well, there, I, there are, but that's the one that I remember, and I, I immediately came to the came to mind for me.
0: I love the one guy. He he. Puts the alarm on, which I think is supposed to be like, oh, it's the car with an alarm. Like, wow, wow this, is this is fancy schmancy stuff. This is something. In 1988, it probably would have been. He hits the alarm like very like forcefully, and then he's, he gives the funniest thumbs up. He's just like, yeah. Just, he doesn't <laughs> say anything, but it's just like, this. Ugh, yes. like, let's go. We did it. Very triumphant. <laughs> it's really, I, I, that thumbs up makes me laugh. Uh, so yeah, after, uh, and after so, so yeah, uh, Vincent has ditched Julius. It's funny, when he ditches him, did you notice the stunt man, the stunt driver? <laughs> I did not it's notice the that. worst. I mean, he's kind of ducking down so you can't see him. But the guy looks could not look less like uh, Danny, Danny he DeVito. Don't. He looks like the guy that Borat wrestled in that movie. Oh <laughs> man, I'm gonna have to go back. I might we have should, to go back to the library and check it out. Maybe we should find it. It's probably not worth the time. But uh, yeah, so Vincent goes back to his office and we see uh, what his uh, work life is like.
1: Yes, it's uh, <laughs> pretty sad, although. Um, you know, I, I hope it's sometime I have a, a receptionist and she gets me Aqua Velva. I have not reached <laughs> that point in my career yet, but I can only hope to obtain yeah. that success.
0: That's a really funny his his reaction is just so it's so phony. It's so yes. obviously phony. Like how could she not understand that he is like completely being sarcastic? AquaVelva yeah. Like no one would actually genuinely like anyone who's reacting that way, they're they're come on. Yes. They're not being genuine.
1: I think Julius might have even been able to figure that one out. pretty Yeah, quickly. exactly.
0: He figured out that he the the mirror line like right. she is his receptionist is not the, the, the sharpest tech. Uh, I wrote down all of the his businesses on his window. Oh, so well, please shall I read these? Okay, I, I believe I know. I remember sports agent maybe. Yeah, that's the top one. So it's it's uh, Vincent Benedict Incorporated, sports agent, artists representative. Import slash export. Automobile sales. (laughs) That might be the only one that's legitimate. Well, I bet he does all these things, but just, you know. uh, Well, I've got one thing in particular I want to talk about. But anyway, automobile sales, rental leasing, and then wholesale patio furniture, which is my favorite one. <laughs> that actually is awesome. I wish I would have noticed the wholesale patio furniture. That's the best one. No, but since one of them sports agents, did you notice on uh, it's another wrestling reference? I don't know how this keeps happening, but the, the Road Warriors poster on the wall. Uh, yes, I did. And so I guess he represented the war- Road Warriors in 1988. Apparently, so that's which is kind of funny. So maybe some of this. He's just you know obviously he's. He probably does all of these things, but just in a really shady, yeah, he's a like, shady, and probably well, uh, well outside of the law. Yeah. But this is the scene uh, I was uh, talking about. His driving stunt double, which looks terrible, but apparently, I was reading when he gets thrown through this window, they didn't have a stunt double, stunt double that like was his size, and so Danny DeVito did that himself. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, if if true, I mean, I I couldn't really confirm that. I, I read, I saw some trivia. I don't think it was on MDB. It was someplace else. Maybe it was Wikipedia. But uh, yeah, like if that's true, like it's a real stunt. He goes yeah. crashing through a window. I was gonna say. I mean, that and that's uh, more impressive than anything Arnold did. In uh, yeah, I, in this movie, it is. And if so,
1: to Danny DeVito, yeah, kudos. So yeah, so it's one it's of the claims. because it's a good stunt. I mean,
0: for like a, a physical stunt in a movie like this, that's that's a that's a good stunt. I mean, if it's a sugar glass or whatever, it doesn't matter. He still no. has, he gets thrown through a right a gla- could, a piece of glass under the floor. So
1: that's, I mean, there's we there's referenced Eddie Murphy to open this thing up. I got thrown through a window. I mean,
0: <laughs> that that's a real stunt. Yeah, no, it, it, that's really impressive if that was actually him. So yeah, then uh, Julius shows up to save the day, uh, and do, and does so very well, despite not right. liking violence. Well, we see yeah, he's clearly a good fighter. We see him doing the, his like karate or whatever. Yes, the in the opening openings of the movie, so we get to see uh, him uh, him in putting, action. Yeah, putting that into, into action. Uh, during the fight, another thing on a wall. You only get a glimpse of it, because so I wrote down what I could. It was all the other businesses on that floor. Oh <laughs> all. They all seem, all, most of them seem equally shady. So, okay. Fairfield Estate Liquidations. Walker Holistic Medicine. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> that one seems even more shady. Like, it, yes. Vincent isn't even the, the, the most crooked guy. No, spe- I mean, for some reason,
1: Holistic Medicine seems more legitimate today in 2015. In 1988, it seems like that was probably a weed business.
0: You think so? You think it's more legitimate today? I I don't know. If, for some reason, it seems like it is more now. I, whatever. It could be. I don't know enough about holistic medicine, but if I, I would not trust a holistic doctor. I, I'll tell you that. Okay. Okay. Then uh, Bear Bridal Consultants, Mexems Language School, mm. Res Advert Novelties. I don't know what that means. Advert Novelties? I don't know either. I guess like, oh, maybe it's like the, the, the big like tube man guys that blow up. So like advertising novelty, oh it could be like the big wacky gorilla. inflatable man, the big gorillas they put on top of the yes, yeah, maybe it's that.
1: I've, I've actually rented those many times, believe it or not. Land- oh really? Yes, I have. <laughs> I, I have one of the inflatable... Jen, uh, my wife got me one of the inflatable guys for my birthday. It's actually uh, it. Ties in. It was in an episode of "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia," which Danny DeVito is uh, a, a star in. And
0: yeah, you should talk about that because you've been trying to get me to watch "It's Always Sunny" for a long time, and I've, I, for whatever reason, I've been resistant. But I know Danny DeVito. You know, obviously, he's on that show. Yeah,
1: he's he's been on it, and some of my favorite stuff with Danny DeVito. Um, and actually, so I'll just get to it now. But so Jason Reitman's sister, who I I can't remember her name, is in this movie. She is in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia in a recurring, uh, semi-recurring role, maybe once a season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maureen Ponderosa huh. is, is her character name. And so I happen to notice, I'm like, oh, that's Maureen Ponderosa. Obviously, it's many, many years later. And I'm sure that the connection is s- somewhere probably from Reitman, and maybe they worked on other stuff. But I- I'm guessing that's how she eventually made her way into It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, it could be. Yeah, Is she an actress? Is she She's a full-time actress? Uh,
1: I No, I... She, she's oh, not really? in that, you know, that often. So it may just be, you know, something she she does for fun. I didn't didn't notice a lot in her filmography.
0: Could be maybe Uncle DeVito is just like, hey, come be on, on my show. Exactly. Uh, anyway, the last two uh, things, the the other businesses, Lantery Amusement Devices, and McDowell Hair Weaving. So yeah, that that's a Rogues Gallery that they've got <laughs> on that floor. It's probably very cheap office space, is my guess. Yeah, I would think so. But it's just it's quite the, the yeah you're right. The Rogues Gallery is a good way to put it. It's just very it's very eclectic that floor. Uh, yes, this fight, this is where we learn the first rule of the crisis situation.
1: Yes. Which I, I, I would not guess that this is what the first rule is, but...
0: Well, I mean, it's the thing that's trying to prevent it from becoming a crisis, I, I guess suppose. guess that's true. Yes, the first rule is you negotiate first and you attack last. Yes. And by the way, since there aren't enough things to count in, for me in this, um, this is one of the things I'm, I'm filling that gap. I don't have a, I don't have a lot of uh, body count here, so... The crisis situation is... Gonna have to, I'll make sure we don't miss rules of crisis situation. Any of the rules? So yeah, Excellent. If, but if I miss it, make sure you stop me and we'll go back. Uh, and this is where we get the most like blatant trailer shot where he's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Vince's brother. And he slides in and DeVito goes, we're twins. Yes. I haven't seen... I don't know what the trailer was. I guarantee you that shot was in the trailer. Like, yeah. They just shot that so that they could put it in the trailer. Yes, I, I
1: agree. Um i I did not watch the trailer either, but I can't imagine that that was written and performed for anything other than that
0: yeah oh it's not even a question i don't need to see the trailer to know that that isn't the trailer of <laughs> of Arnold saying I'm Vince's brother and him going we're twins yeah uh, yeah, so this is where uh, they go outside and he wants to admit him to be a boxer and blah 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 yes he's going to be his manager and keep keep all the money because julius doesn't uh doesn't like violence so the, the first thing that annoys me about this scene. This is kind of what I was talking about where sometimes it's a little too, like, like, it's trying to be very dramatic and emotional, but some scenes, like, it feels like it's really hitting the, these, like, quote-unquote emotional notes a little too hard. Because it's supposed to be this heartwarming thing of just, like, oh, Vincent's not driving away this time. He's letting him get in the car. Right. But he, he's this big, tough guy who's going to protect him. Like, it's not... This is, he's still looking out for his own self-interest just because he's being like, oh, what a nice... He's Now he's, he's being nice to his brother. No, he just wants Arnold there to... He wants Julius to protect yeah, him. Yeah, because there, there's other guys in the, uh, the, the collection business that are looking for him and they might be outside. <laughs> so, well, yeah. you know, maybe they didn't just send one guy. Oh, this is also the scene where uh, the, uh, Julius guesses the amount that Vince owes because they have whatever their psychic link or whatever, which I totally yeah. forgot this movie has... Forget the like nature versus nurture thing. This movie is taking it for granted that these two like have a psychic power, right? That they have a connection and can a sense, if you will. Well, yeah, because like earlier in the movie, because what is it? The first time it happens when uh, Julius is at the orphanage, he's like, oh, this must be his bed. This yes. is the bed I would have used and because then, it was
1: near the the uh, um, the fire alarm, and I could save all the other children.
0: Well, but then and then yeah, when then then when they go to the impound lot. Julius knows, oh, this is your car, car, right? Yep. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, it's because of was the car Julius would have driven. And then they get to this scene, it's like 20000 you owe $20,000. i am going like, because that's the amount Julius would have owed? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I didn't, I, I'd forgotten that this whole psychic thing was there. And I'm going like, how does he, that, what, I, I thought that's what the movie was trying to say. It's like, yeah, that's the amount I would have owed to a, a loan shark. I, I mean, I, <laughs> that's the amount I would have
1: owed to a loan shark. That's a great way to put it. I think that's what they intended, and that really stretches that. I mean, I, it is, I think, plausible to to be able to think, oh yeah, somebody who's an identical, well, not identical, but a twin, can sense right to be similar selections. enough to someone to know how they yeah, think, or yeah. But to, <laughs> to come up with how much that they're going to own a loan shark, that's beyond stretching of the plausibility of that. Well,
0: but that's the thing. Later in the movie, the movie just comes out and says that there's they have a like at the end of the movie, Vincent knows that Julius has arrived and he goes back to save him. Right. That's not, oh, I, that's, there's no amount of like, parallel thinking that gets you there. Like, the movie is just saying, they, and not only that, I almost forgot, because like, when, when, when Julius is looking for Vincent at the end, like, remember, uh, Vincent like burns his hand and Julius goes like, oh, he like feels his hand, like I feel a burn. (laughs) You remember that? So, yeah, it's, that it's, the whole psychic part of this it's a little bit too much, I forgot all about that, and 's just like, what are you saying movie what what are you telling me uh we're, where are we oh uh, Julius gets in the car and they go and steal
1: they're headed back, yes because there's another another opportunity the the caddy yeah, they go um, steal the caddy they they go steal it, which <laughs> i uh there's a lot that i I love about you know this this entire kind of sequence car i guess car sequence i didn 't get my steel girder i didn 't get my log, I got a little bit, I got them flexing. But I got on a lift in a car. In so car. you know what? It, it's basically the same thing. I mean, that that I, – I actually forgotten about it. I'm a little disappointed in myself. I won't forget it now, now that we're doing this podcast. I will never forget it. I got on a lift in a car. That's just as good as him – but now, there is a plot. There's a reason why he's lifting it, because in the other examples we've given, it doesn't make any sense. There's no reason for him to be carrying some of these yeah. things other than to show how strong he is. There right. is a, a plot reason for this. It doesn't matter. It's awesome. It's got him
0: lifting up a Cadillac. <laughs> but it's not on his shoulder, though. That's, it uh, is well. not
1: on his shoulder, because that would be probably too much. It would be yeah, a little I had forgotten it. about it in the, whatever, 20-some years, plus years, and I had seen it. That was one of the first things that I'm like, I absolutely have to mention it. Arnold lifts a car.
0: This is this is a scene and uh, something I, I I realized I've neglected to talk about. And one of my favorite things in Arnold Schwarzenegger movies is, I guess you would just call it Arnold face. Like whenever he's like in extreme pain or extreme exertion, yes. he does it in this scene. Where he's lifting the car, and it's just that like Arr! that kind of a face he makes. We I, I'm gonna start tracking the, the, Arnold, faces. the Arnold face because <laughs> because. Yeah, we we missed it in Last Action Hero when he's not in the ambulance and he's in pain. And like, any time yes. he makes that face, I assume most people know what I'm talking about. Just like, just that grimace, that Arnold grimace where he's just, his teeth are bared and just he's just making crazy grunting noises. Yes. And this is a perfect example. It's like a tight close-up of his face as he's lifting in this car, making that face, and it's always funny to me. I will never not laugh at that face.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I, I love it. it. What didn't make sense to me as I was watching, I'm like, I don't know why he knows that, you know, I understand he's read a lot of books and he has a lot of knowledge, but why would Julius ever have that knowledge about you know the mercury level in a car? i just i didn't understand it, but again, I'm sure it was just they they wanted to have Arnold lift a car you know to, right. to help fix the <laughs> alarm, so I understand that
0: yeah, I wondered about that too. I wonder i my guess was since he was uh, reading the manual for Vincent 's car, he saw something about that of. Maybe Vincent had an alarm and it's Yeah, said.
1: it could be. I, I, I did miss that. I, I Thank you for reminding me. His, the, the I don't know why the delivery of, do you have a manual, please? <laughs> for some reason, it's one of my favorite lines yeah. that he's got in the whole movie. I don't know why. It's not, it's not an Arnold line that I've, I've used a lot over the years. Now that, again, I've forgotten <laughs> a lot of stuff in this, I'm going to find a way to work in, do you
0: have a manual, please? Add that to your repertoire. For
1: sure. Yes, that, that one's being added. Uh,
0: so they go to the, gro- the, 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 the grocery store, the supermarket.
1: Uh, what, yeah, with the still learning how to drive and not using the, oh, right. the Com- gas and the brake at the same time. <laughs> comedy driving by Arnold. Yeah. The comedy driving. What I will say, and I, I do want to highlight it, I won't spend too much time on it, but his. You, you've, you've mentioned faces. His face... Just after the car on two wheels, it's it's, oh right, oh it is it is fantastic. How could I forget about that? It it is absolutely fantastic.
0: It is really good.
1: I I didn't know if you had it, you know, in your notes uh, to have the exact you know minute minute and seconds. But (laughs) do you want to find it? You don't. You don't have to find it. But for the people listening, I mean, you'll know it. The the face is absolutely priceless when the car lands. It is a really funny face. It's
0: like a mixture of like sheer exhilaration and like terror.
1: Yeah, and it, it makes me think. I mean, I don't know. Where they went from a stunt driver, you know, to Arnold, but it makes me wonder, like, if if it's legitimate, if that's not acting, that's just
0: him really reacting to to what's going on. Well, I mean, I'm sure it was some kind of a rig. They, they like, I'm, I'm sure Arnold didn't actually put that car up on two wheels, but. There's a close-up of him, and that's the shot you're talking about, where he's really. Yeah, that's so, hilarious reaction. So that must
1: that must be what it is, is. That it was some sort of rig, and just that's. I think that's his natural reaction. That right. is not acting to him like landing this
0: car off of the rig. That's Arnold Schwarzenegger actually having fun doing like. Yes, a, a, doing then. doing like a real physical stunt with a car, and I like how he he, he, he they park the cars, and uh, Julius is like, "Did you see that? I could teach you to do that." And he's just immediately like the perfect. But just by reading the manual he can do these amazing stunt tricks yes. with a car and put it up on two because I think the movie is implying that he did that on purpose that, that, that's what I took in terms of that right. uh, so that's how amazing Julius is like mentally and genetically he just reads the manual and now it's, he had a little bit of a learning curve not knowing forward from backwards yeah, but then after after 10 that, minutes, he can
1: do I mean he's basically a NASCAR stunt driver yeah, both he can do both he can drive at high speeds if he needed to or he can put a car up on two wheels and landed per- and park it perfectly.
0: <laughs> yeah. So they, they go to the supermarket for reasons that I cannot figure out. They just meet the girls there. Cause yeah, they- and
1: it, I, this is, you know, this is pretty cell phone. I mean, I, I don't... I, do, do they have mental you know a mental connection with uh, Marnie and, and Linda that they know, oh, they're going to be at the grocery store, so we need to go
0: there. I, it's not explained, but I guess it doesn't matter. Maybe it was a coincidence, but it seems like they're expecting to... No,
1: it seems like that... Vincent was going there intentionally, right? To me,
0: yeah. So I, but but they don't like. But they go from here, or no? They just go home, right? After after the grocery store. They, so yeah, they they have the you know they cook the nuke food. The yes, they
1: have the encounter at the grocery store. Uh, Julius is looking through a
0: Playboy. Yeah, that's a pretty funny scene. It's, that's a pretty funny scene. I had no idea they had magazines like this. He's so like again, Arnold being really like it's he's he's playing it for comedy, but he's also really genuinely embarrassed and like you can completely like that yeah, that's a really yeah, funny. I, I scene. took
1: it too, they they seem to go out of their way to I, I didn't notice everything on for Chloe Webb, but I I think it's the same but for for Marnie by Kelly Preston. They they wanted her in short skirts this entire movie. So I felt I, I thought it was somewhat ironic or kind of funny that you know he's embarrassed in reading Playboy, and oh. <laughs> while she's she's certainly clothed, I mean, they're, they they at least in terms of leg they they show a lot in yeah. just about every one of her scenes, and I think this is PG. Um,
0: That's a good question.
1: That's I think right. it's PG, and so for a PG movie, there's there's a lot of skin with Kelly Preston.
0: They're really pushing it, yeah. Both with the rating, even if it's PG13, but it, I mean, she looks fantastic in this movie. Yeah, so like, but, yeah. Hey. But <laughs> so, but regardless, like yeah, I know. Just just going to the supermarket. Yeah, she's wearing it's borderline not believable that she'd be wearing an outfit like that just to go to the supermarket. Right, and so the premise for them is they were there, I think, shopping
1: for to make Vincent. uh yeah, Vincent a birthday cake, is what I, I think they're ultimately there for. They they have oh, their.
0: Yeah, I didn't make that connection because yeah, later they show up with a cake.
1: Yeah, she's she's buying stuff. I just don't understand how Vincent knew to go there. It Doesn't really matter. This is how you introduce Marnie and. And Julius to begin that kind of right it's connection. The, it's
0: the meet cute for this. Uh, yes, for the two of them.
1: So then you're right. They head back to uh, Vincent's house. You get them kind of having the, the I like nuked food and the dinner, and they're again going through some of the same motions, um, getting ready and the way that they eat, and so it's hammer, really hammering home of that they're twins and that they, even though they didn't
0: grow up together, they have the same mannerisms, if yeah. you will. Well, we skipped over when they're walking into the house, and Vincent makes the craziest leap of logic uh, where he's like giving him like relationship advice. Or he's just like, after, after he had met uh, Marnie, he's like, Yeah, like, you know, girls like this, and blah, blah, blah whatever he's saying. And, and Julius goes, Oh, I love the highest respect for women. And then, I mean, I guess this is the thing you could say is the, the psychic thing. But based on that one thing he says, just based on the fact that he says, I have the highest respect for women, and he turns around and goes, You're a virgin. It's Like that's the oh that's how he made I didn't I, that's he, how he makes he the connection. That? Just saying that you have respect for women, it's like oh you you're, you yeah. must
1: be a virgin. Uh, you know I I forgot I, I didn't notice that I a can lot tell is
0: made th- of his virginity in this movie. It's like crazily yeah that's that's one of the things I hundred percent forgot. I'm Just like there's a whole subplot about his virginity. You, you're
1: right. And what I'd say is that is definitely a line that it in 1988 it might have been written today that line would not have been written. There, there's no
0: way you'd make really? the connection. I well, oh, the, the the from that leap from one to the other. Okay. Yeah, that leap.
1: But I, I, I mean, I think, and and maybe it's just a more recent phenomenon. But to to make the connection that if you have respect for women, that means that <laughs> yeah. I, I just I'm I'm not sure that if you did if you did write that line today, I think there there would be a lot of criticism. Well,
0: on that's it. what I was saying. Like I think maybe the movie is just. Go, they have this psychic link, and this is just a moment when whatever that that wire gets connected or whatever. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's a very strange moment. So the way
1: you know this, uh, unless you had something, the way this scene ends, you've uh, I I don't I don't
0: quite understand. Well, I have a note here that just says science oven. So I, just just,
1: oh. just for you. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> I, I I still yes, that is for for those that may not know that is a reference. To a, a movie we we went and saw together. that I, I really still really like American Hustle, uh David O. Russell movie. I, if I took nothing away from that movie, yeah, the microwave cool. in my house will never be anything other than a science oven.
0: That's a thing that has started to infect my life of you refusing to call a microwave a microwave, just calling it a science oven. Yes, that's, I, I've started finding myself in my brain doing that as well. So I, to, to this <laughs> day, I
1: still I love that. We're a little off talking about Christian Bale's character. Not only does he want... I call it a science oven, but he wants that science oven. I, it's one of my my favorite Christian Bale scenes of all time is his his distraught when it's been destroyed. And he specifically, you know, he really wants that one yeah, that but, was a gift. Anyway, uh, so, so an, I, I'm not sure if it's an explosive device, a shotgun. I don't know how this threat comes in through the window, but the kind of the action... Oh right, yeah. And stakes are raised again. That another, you know, threat from uh, from the loan sharks. Comes well, I have, I,
0: I have a note here saying for someone who owes as much money as he does, he's very quick to answer his phone. Uh, that that's a good point. Yes, <laughs> I remember when I was out of work and like I was afraid of Comcast calling me. Like forget a loan shark. I didn't want to answer my phone because I didn't want to deal with Comcast yelling at me. Yes, you didn't pay your bill. Like he's twenty thousand in debt. Immediately picks up the phone. You know, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, and then I mean, whatever they would have shot their and this whatever de- it was. This is definitely
1: pre you know caller ID identification. So he literally is answering, not having
0: any clue, right. Who's on the other end of that? Maybe phone. he had some important business that he thought he was going to miss. Uh,
1: yes, maybe yeah. it was in the import export of his business. Uh, so then here here's where it starts to pick up, and we we get Webster coming back. So the action you know kind of
0: components taking over. Yeah, at some point he went and tried to get pick up the car. Like at some point in the in between scenes. Yes, was, he went and, to go pick it up. And it was missing. And, and it was missing. And then he goes back to whatever
1: that office is. He, he, yeah, he tracks down his clients. Here's what makes no sense to me. I this just... I don't understand this. So he allegedly is paid to deliver this car. Right. Okay. So can, can you or... I, I rhetorically, anybody explain to me how his reputation with his clients... They've seen his face, so he kills the two Hawaiian shirt guys. How is that good for his business? He's very upset that the car's not there and that he need you know his reputation is on the line. Wait
0: a minute! You just gunned down your clients in cold blood. How is that good for his business? Well, I mean, he's the one. Okay, I think we can probably work our way through this because Uh, I I need to hear this. (laughs) Well, I don't think Beatroot McKinley knows about those two guys. Right, because he's the one who's buying the merchandise. He's buying it. Webster, or Webster is the go-between. He's the one who made the deal with Beetroot. Those two guys don't know who it's being sold to, so he, uh, Webster, is the one on the hook for the merchandise. And if he can't provide it, presumably because Beetroot's going to pay Webster five million dollars for the thing in the trunk, so presumably Webster had to pay those guys or something, or someone had to. Because it's like, what is Webster going to do with the money? Does he have to, to, to take it back to those guys? Or does that's he keep what I it, or? thought. That's the reason it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't make any sense because his fee can't be five million
1: dollars, right? I'm assuming that the five million dollars he's got to take
0: that money to somebody. He's got
1: to take it to somebody. I mean, he clearly gets paid some some dollar amount, right. but in, in the end, I mean, we're skipping ahead, but whatever. He, but, but he kills Beetroot too. So my point <laughs> is, is even if you're right on this, he literally on both ends of the transaction. He, how can his reputation be in, in, intact when? He would have killed both, and I guess, assumingly, he would have stolen the $5 million.
0: Well, maybe the, he just does this all the time, and the reason why his reputation is still spotless is because he <laughs> kills everybody. No survivors. <laughs> right. <laughs> that could be a hint. Well, thank you. You've given me a new idea to noodle on of that.
1: Maybe his reputation is sterling because he just—I he, don't know how he gets referrals, but he just destroys all of the evidence and any of the clients. He just kills them all and keeps the money.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I didn't pay too much attention to this, like, industrial espionage— plot. because
1: yeah, I don't think it matters. It's just it's the you know the MacGuffin they had to have some something for the action and that's what it was.
0: It's kind of weird that it exists at all because you could have made a movie just with them trying to track down like to understand the, this whole like experiment and find their mother and probably you know, they, I, they wanted to you know ramp up the tension. a little. I bit. was just going to say the tension I think they needed some action sequences
1: because it was in a Schwarzenegger movie. I, I really think that's what it was is they felt they had to have something um Something with guns, and again, you know, the podcast is bad puns and machine guns, right? So I guess right. we would we we'd be a little uh, remiss if there wasn't some sort of guns in this movie.
0: You got you got your gun quota for Arnold Schwarzenegger exactly. movie. They have to fill exactly.
1: So I I don't know if you if if on this one you were completely taking a break, but they the, the, oh, the no. clients
0: would be yeah they're they're one uh, and two. I'm okay, still, I'm you. still counting. Don't worry, I just, it's just very few. So that's body count one and two for sure,
1: and ones uh, I don't. Uh, you may have given me a little bit of an explanation that I'll think about, but I'm, I'm still not sure I believe this Webster story.
0: I wouldn't call that an explanation. I'm just trying to logic through it. So then what happens? Oh, so then this is where Julius goes he gets, for... He gets the address from Vincent's file. Vincent says, he always, I stole the file. And Julius says, oh, it's, he goes to the address on the file, right? Yeah, he goes for
1: a jog. And for some reason, it, he's not wearing a long sleeve shirt, but he's wearing like a button, button-down button shirt. short sleeve, but button-down shirt on a jog. Which, yeah, he's sweating like a pig when yes, he gets there. Yes, he's... <laughs> You know, maybe Schwarzenegger wanted to be authentic and he really went for like a,
0: you know, like a mile jog while while he was. But so much for those amazing genetics. Genetics, you wouldn't think he would just be soaked with sweat. Yes. Well, that's the other thing I thought about talking about Jason Reitman. This is where he shows up dribbling that basketball. Poorly. But yeah, poorly. That's the thing. Like his grandfather is one of these guys who's supposed to be like this amazing, genetically amazing guy. Apparently the the coordination didn't make it down to well, Jason they, Reitman.
1: They didn't say, although I, maybe this, maybe it was. I can't remember if he was the supposed to be the NFL NFL uh, player. If he was, then that really is bad. Although basketball and football are different, but there's still athletic ability yeah, for both.
0: Athletic ability, coordination. Yes, that that kid did not inherit those genes. No. Uh, so yeah, and this is where Vincent finds the tape in the caddy. Yes. I assume he's going to sell it to that same guy on the way. He's just like, oh, let me listen to this tape. Yeah, you know, now thinking about it, talking out loud, he, he listens
1: to the tape, but that tape gives instructions. So Webster didn't, he didn't know what he was doing. So the, he is just. Right. Yeah, that's the, a clue. Yeah, the, he is just a go between. I'm telling you, this Webster thing, they did not work this out very well. But yeah, so the, the instructions are this is where he, he learns, uh, Vincent learns that there's uh, some, something more to the car that he stole and that it, you know, has, has additional value.
0: Yeah, and, but he doesn't check the trunk right away. That's the weird part of it, because the tape specifically says like the merchandise in the trunk. Yeah. Just take it to whatever. Could be drugs. I mean, it could could be all kinds of different stuff. Well, no, but presumably, I think when he calls Beetroot and there's that negotiation, where the mix up about thousand million, right? Because yes. He needs twenty he thousand. He's like twenty. I, yeah, I want twenty, and Beetroot goes crazy. Yes. And he's like five. I can do better than five. If you can here. do better than five, if go. You know, if you can do better than five million dollars. <laughs> Vroot is so awesome. He's a great character. Yes, he's a great, he is. a great character with a great name. Yeah, uh, yeah. But like, so he must think he's selling this car, right? Because if he yeah. thinks twenty thousand versus five or whatever, he's he doesn't he doesn't look in the trunk until after that conversation. No, even though the tape says merchandise in the truck, maybe he just didn't hear it or whatever. But yeah, it would make sense that
1: you'd look because there's you would be able to then deduce that there's far more, something of greater value than just the blue book on a Cadillac. Yeah.
0: So, anyway, yeah, so, so he learns that thing in the trunk's worth $5 million. He's going to drive it to, uh, wait, is it Houston or uh, Dallas? Houston. Houston, I believe. Okay. Uh, and he's just going to, he, he tries to sneak away, and the girls show up at that cake and box him in. Yep. Box him in again. Again, they're,
1: they're, they're both, uh, this time it makes more sense why they'd be dressed up because they are coming over with a cake. You know, I, I guess it, I, I, I should note that. Um, the only thing I knew Chloe Webb from before this was uh, Sid and Nancy. I don't know if she did other stuff, but immediately I remember, like, oh, even though Gary Oldman went on to you know, a much longer and I think more illustrious career, I yeah. did remember from Sid and Nancy.
0: I've never seen that. I, I knew she did that before this, but I've never seen it. So no. It's, yeah, it was,
1: it was definitely a, a, a movie I liked, and I, I remembered her from it. But well, I, I know her,
0: I, what I know her from is Ghostbusters 2. The, the, oh, yeah. She, takes, she gets taken up to the Holiday Inn in Piranhas. Yes, by the way, listeners, in case you can't tell, we're both big Ghostbusters fans. It's come up like every episode. Yes. Ghostbusters 2 more than the original Sadly,
1: movie. Ghostbusters 2 more than the original. Yeah, but... At, it, at least it's appropriate in talking about twins and Ivan Reitman, Now yeah, it is actually, you know, appropriate to have a yeah. discussion on Ghostbusters.
0: It was his next movie, and she just shows up for a little one-scene part, but uh, she, she's really funny in that movie. One of the few funny... One films. of the few highlights in that yeah. movie. Uh, so yeah. they have,
1: have the cake, and... Um, as you said, yeah, they like box him in, and he he desperately wants to get out of there because he was again going to ditch.
0: Yeah, he says go take a shower. Like for a guy who was abandoned, he's so quick to abandon his that, own. You know, family. that that's a good point.
1: It, that that probably isn't true. For for as as much as it bothers him, you you would think that that character would not be so quick, especially somebody who now he he knows he's his brother, right? And he has a connection with that. It. I know he desperately wants the money, but it and also you'd think if you're you just lie to him. You'd think you'd want your brother with all these muscles, right, to go with you on delivering this thing worth $5 million. Yeah, for some protection. For just sure. outside of the emotional thing that you wouldn't expect him to so quickly abandon his brother of how upset he is about abandonment. Um, you'd think just practically you'd want him along for the ride. Just lie to him and say you're just going on a road trip.
0: Yeah, I mean, I kind of buy it in the sense that like, maybe his just greed is getting the better of him. He's literally just got dollars in his eyes. He's not yeah. thinking about anything else. But It so, is strange.
1: So it winds up becoming a... Uh, A group trip.
0: Yeah. But but I want to talk about this cake before we move on because this cake is an amazing monstrosity of a thing. It's got so much. uh, Okay. I wrote down all the things on the cake because it's so crazy. (laughs) This is how deep into minutiae I'm getting at this point. Okay. So there's candles, gold coins, palm trees, dinosaurs, jelly beans, and a guy in a motorcycle. If but, there's any theme to that, I can't make there's
1: sense There's no theme, and it sounds like something that my five-year-old I mean, <laughs> son, like, I mean, that would be the cake he would think was awesome, and it would be awesome for him,
0: but... <laughs> it's kind of an awesome cake. like it, <laughs> Yes, but not... <laughs> I might not, think that's an awesome
1: not, cake. Not for whatever age Danny DeVito is supposed to be. I, I'm not sure if the it says on the cake, if you have it there, of how whatever whatever age he is, it is not w- would not be an awesome cake for him at that point in his life.
0: Yeah. So this is when uh, Marnie walks up in on... Arnold singing yakety yak for the second time. Uh, yes, he's really taking a shine to that song, apparently, or, or it was something that the movie could clear very cheaply. One or the other, but it is pretty funny. I kind of want to play this one because the first one is just him on the airplane, like you know, he's, in his own world in the headphones. Yeah, but like he's <laughs> Arnold is really belting it out on this one in a way that I think is just hilarious. Like even more so, it's funny because they repeat this joke, and it's somehow funnier the second time. In looking at the scene, though, as as you're trying to pull it up,
1: while they are coming over to deliver a you know a birthday cake, and I don't know if maybe their intention is to go out to dinner, but they're actually Marnie and and her sister are are really dressed up in yeah. terms of the dresses they're wearing. Like, so maybe the intention is to take them out to dinner as a surprise. They don't say it, but if not, if they were just coming over to deliver a birthday cake, they're way overdressed.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're, maybe they're just trying to. They're they, you know, they're both uh, trying to impress. Yeah, yeah you could definitely man. see
1: where Julius or where Marnie is definitely trying to impress Julius. That that could be, maybe. Yeah.
0: Right. Well, and they end up going on a road trip. This, these are just the clothes they didn't take on the road trip. But anyway, they had your paper, send your trash. Or the... you don't get no spending cash if you don't scrap the kids who. The way when he more, like, comes out, you ain't gonna rock and roll no more. Yakety yak, jackety yak. Don't talk back, <laughs> Marnie. <laughs> He's so going for it. He's just yes. He's, he's owning it without a doubt. The, the, just he's just he's really really built and he's pointing and <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, yeah, and then she's very like she just barges into his bedroom. I guess like, yeah. Very uh, presumptuous. V- very much so. This is the thing though. I, I, like, they're they're like romance or whatever. It's like I was saying before. It's just it's. Purely based on you know, she walks in on him half naked. He, she's not wearing like, a lot of clothes. Most of the when he gets in the car in a second, he's just like does that. Sh- like he just looks her up and down, her legs, or, right. You know, like it's purely physical. Yeah, it's physical lust. But that said, and, and there's like no like we don't learn if they have anything in common. We don't learn anything about her really. But at the same time, like they, like Arnold and, and Kelly Preston do kind of have a lot of chemistry in a way that yeah is, is it, works it was per- believable. It's yeah, it works pretty well despite the fact that it's so thin. Like their chemistry makes it work, which yeah. is it's interesting because Arnold, you know Arnold doesn't get a lot of like love interest. So I was just when he say, does, does it's like uh, uh, the Running Man where it's just like well they'll kiss at the end because right why it's not? like bolted on, tacked on. So yeah. this this was this relationship was kind of also outside of
1: the archetype for for him. Yeah.
0: So they're going to go on a road trip together. They all learn. Uh, uh, Julius and Marnie don't know about the thing in the trunk. They just think yes. they're going on a road trip or whatever. Before we get on the road trip, Vince's neighbor comes by and she says, she's, oh, don't sleep with that man, blah, 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 whatever she says. Don't lend him any money. Yeah, and I need a ruling because Vincent, uh, 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 Linda's like, who is that? And Vincent goes, right, I cleaned, cleaned her pipes once. Uh oh, A, yeah. is that innuendo? I assume it is. And then B, is that a pun? Uh It's definitely innuendo. Okay. Um... Uh, Pun yes or no? I am right in the middle on this. <laughs> uh, you know,
1: I... I, I yeah. I,
0: okay, I, yes? Yes. Okay, then that's pun number one. And this uh, is a, I cleaned her pipes once. <laughs> Just, yeah. Be, because he says it once, that I'm... Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> right, exactly. It's, I mean, there's no question. Well, yeah. I, I was like 95% sure it was innuendo. I, I was... Yeah, I'd say it's you can get it to 99%. Yeah, I, was 50, I was 50-50 on the pun. Okay, and then... Uh, so they're hitting the road. Meanwhile, Webster inter- interrogates Dave Caruso. Not clear if he kills him, so I'm not going to count that. I, well, unless you really think we should count it. He he's seen his face, but later but, we, we he he does leave people. He leaves the claim brother, brothers alive because they never learn his name. Right? Isn't that the idea? Yeah, I guess so.
1: I I do. I, what I did love about that scene is just. Uh, uh, I don't know why, but the, the the actor who plays Webster, I just love the way when he gives the ticket. It's my first day, and he's, he's like yeah. waving. My, I don't know why I love it, but I absolutely love the way he says it. Uh, but yeah, so he gets the information winds up at Vincent's house, and now you've got the two um, action subplots, if you will, colliding in terms of the the collection agents versus the uh, the
0: transporter, I guess, for uh, Jason Statham fans out there. Yeah, so Webster shoots... Two of the clean brothers in the leg. Yes. One of the clean brothers talks exactly like Steve, Steve Buscemi. I mean, You're you know, right. His, his voice sounds exactly like Steve Buscemi's. Yes. It, it's actually kind of creepy. Uh, and then, yeah, d- like, montage of them driving or whatever. Kelly Preston is, like, sleeping against Arnold, and Arnold tears through his shirt, which I guess is just, like... <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I, that, that might be innuendo in itself. That was, like, the PG... I, yeah is is that actually is he just like nervous or is that like a muscle a muscle boner like what what I, is actually I, causing I him to- I'm not I'm not sure but that that this the latter is what
1: I thought Yeah it's such a weird thing just, It was weird but I you know what? I I think it was kind of funny again it's sort of playing up the you know his muscles once again we find another way to work it in and then it gets it, him into that t-shirt it, I was just going to say if if it if the payoff was the t-shirt and his delivery of
0: born to be bad. <laughs> yep. if, if that's what it took, then I'm completely okay with... And then when he gets outside and he goes, let's rock and roll. Yeah. yeah it's his first t-shirt. You know, that stuff is really fun. Yes. It, it's worth it. It's it's charming. Like, it's not funny in the way normal Arnold movies right. are or it's like corny and yeah, dumb. It's, it's like, it's a, this is a genuinely kind of a charming, just seeing them on this road trip. We're having fun with them on the road trip. Yep. Yeah. So you know what, Here, at, like at this point,
1: because we're getting close now to... Some of the the material, so I'll just I'll I'll say it. I didn't realize until I looked it up. I thought the year was the same, but we're on a road trip. We got eventually. We're not there yet, but we're gonna get two guys that are dressing in this identical or very close, wearing sunglasses. The first thing I'm like, oh my! I'm like, geez, this is this is Rain Man. Oh yeah. Sure enough, when I looked up, these movies came out one week from one another. Believe it or not. Whoa. The Rain Man. So you know, I and I won't spend too much time on it.
0: No, that's um, worth bringing up because I didn't know that. And that's, yeah, so, uh, you're 100 right. They're so similar. They're, they're,
1: I mean, there's a lot of similarities between the road trip. As I said, there, there's just a lot of similarities. And when I when I when I got to the them dressing it like that's actually when it hit me, but then when I went back and looked, I'm like, I should go look. I'm like, I'm 99% sure it was 1988, so I wanted to see if maybe one of the two movie production times are, are pretty long, but I wondered if one influenced one another, but they oh, couldn't yeah. have because it literally the movies came out within a week of each other.
0: Well, no, yeah, but these things happen behind the scenes, it takes years, like th- that happens all the time. Deep Impact Armageddon, stuff like that, were. It- Similar movies come out because a writer will pitch it to one studio. They'll reject it and then go like, oh, let's just make it without him. Yeah. I, just, they just didn't want to pay that guy. And it, so that guy sells it to another studio. Suddenly two studios are making basically the same movie. It could be. I mean,
1: look, there's there's a lot of plot differences here, obviously. But, right. you know, they're brothers that are coming together. They're, there's just a lot of similarities. One, two brothers who find each other and, you know, one of them, d- they didn't know about each other. I mean, so uh, in Rain Man, Tom Cruise knew. Well, no, he didn't. I, I don't think
0: he knows that he has a brother. He just knows... At the very least, they're long... Astra- I, yeah, I don't remember the details, but they certainly don't have contact... Oh, no, they don't other. have a relationship, and he has to go find him. I mean,
1: it, right. there's a lot of similarities. And so I, I just want... Now that I've got it, I wanted to get it out
0: there. that When I looked it up, I was
1: shocked that they literally
0: came out a week from one another. No, that's a fantastic thing to bring yeah. up, because, yeah, you're right. It's, it's crazy how similar they are in a lot of ways. Uh, but in... In uh, Rain Man, they don't go to Los Alamos, the the laboratory, and find the doctor who created them. No. At the very least, that's different. That's where we are now. The fact that, again, they can just walk into Los
1: Alamos. They they could just walk in, and that, you know, I would expect to... I mean, I know there were security guards, but I don't know. I guess I envision security there being, like, SWAT, you know, would show up that's, you know, fully armored. I mean, he kicks the door off its hinges, and it's just... Two guys that look like that they're patrolling, you know, the Galleria Mall in Terminator 2.
0: I mean. (laughs) Well, the fact that they get to his door in the first place of like, he's the one who's got to kick them out. It's like, well, how'd they even get this far? You'd think someone would buzz him and be like, there's two people to see you. And he'd be like, no, send them away. No, they get all the way to his office, and then he's the one he, uh, he has to kick him out himself.
1: It's a pretty big hole in the uh, in the storyline yeah, that for, that is not plausible at all.
0: Maybe this isn't the Los Alamos laboratory. It's like some uh, other,
1: I don't. It, it seems to me that it's him. That that's like, what I would take away that it's supposed to be. From, I mean,
0: yeah, I think so, but maybe it's they're not.
1: creating you know Superman down below in a you know
0: sealed. It could uh, be like the Harvard School of Driving equivalent. of oh, it's the other Los Alamos. You know, whatever. <laughs> It's where all the the the, the B experiments. The, the, the B experiments, yes. There's a, a, the moment where, uh, the, where uh, the science. I forget the scientist. Thing. He has a crazy name too, and I wrote it down someplace. Oh, Traven. Yes. Something Traven. Mitchell Traven.
1: I didn't know Mitchell, but yes, it's Traven.
0: <laughs> yeah, which is a pretty, also a pretty good name, I think. Uh, See, so the the moment where he's just like, "Oh, Vince, you turned out exactly how I thought you would." And Vincent, I think, asks a dumb question, which is, "How did you know my name?" You should know how he knows your name by now. It's clear what happened here, right? But the mo- but then where he says I named you, and there's a shot of kind of Danny DeVito reacting. That's a, that, I think that's a pretty good moment of just like I named you. That that's a that's a good yeah. That's it's a well written scene there. I, I think so, and, and maybe I don't
1: know if you know closure is the right word, but I, I do think that it is well written. That his kind of realization in there that. I guess it's plausible. It's like it's believable. I think that's some of the, um, his abandonment issues and search. I do think that that is important to have have in the movie. Um, And it's, you know, steering it back. And whatever, this kind of is part of the serious, you know, portion of the movie. And so it steers it, you know, back in that and they they learn a, a bit of information. Yeah. Uh, somewhat with a door coming off off of its hinges, and Arnold also, you know, we they needed to work in his line, and they were. This was the appropriate time to work it in. Yeah, and well
0: done too. That's yep. one of the better uses of "I'll be back." Yes, because they they get the address of their mother from him. Yes, if you're lying, I'll be back. It's, it's very it's, few it, movies work it into the story as seamlessly as this. Yes, it's, it is. It is a, a, a good usage of it. Yes. So then
1: the. Um, the road trip is you know, going to take a, an, a, an additional detour now that
0: they have that information. Yeah, and then they go suit shopping. That's, this is where they get these, these suits.
1: Yep, and so it, it was a little early, but that's really what I wanted to cover. is there, The similarities on in Rain Man were striking yeah. when I really thought about it.
0: Well, Here's the note I took about that suit scene where they, they come out and they're wearing identical suits. And Julius is just like, oh, do I look cool now? And it's like, yeah, you look cool. I don't care, even if you take for granted that that suit is cool, which I'm not sure, like, tan suit, I don't know if I'm really into that, but regardless, let's just take for granted that's a really cool suit. If you're wearing the exact same thing as someone next to you, it ceases to be a cool suit. Uh, I I can't disagree. (laughs) Uh, okay. So then there's this, what, they go out dancing or whatever? Yeah, the,
1: this, the only thing I really took away, you know, from this is, I think it's supposed to be a country western bar, and if so... They're clearly, I don't know why that's the venue that they picked because none of them are dressed to be in a country western bar. No. I mean, so,
0: they're, in the, they're in the southwest. I guess maybe they're in Texas by now or whatever. Yeah, so. I, I, okay,
1: I hadn't thought about that. Is that yeah, maybe they're there and those are the only options. So, yeah, I guess they wouldn't have packed for the occasion. You're probably right.
0: But they have this very choreographed dance. Yes. They've even choreographed their like pelvic thrusts. <laughs> yes.
1: Where did they have time to, to work out this? I guess because they have this connection.
0: Is, yeah. And then the Clayton brothers show up. Yeah, I hate that. How? I think we've, uh, of all the movies we've watched so far, this might be the least believable thing in any of them. Running Man, there are things that are more, like, nothing in
1: Running Man You can lodge it. Right, you can try and convince your... I don't... I I had this too. It makes... I just don't...
0: How? They try to justify it as saying, like, Marnie's just like, oh, I told our boss at work that we're leaving. Oh, by the way, we're fired, which I thought was kind of, like... Very cavalier about uh, getting her sister fired. She well, bam,
1: neither one of them seemed to be very responsible.
0: But then, yeah, I guess the Clan brothers found out from there. But they they did She didn't give her boss their whole itinerary, right? Well, that's what I was gonna say to
1: know exactly where to find them. Yeah, it's even crazy. if they had
0: the city, it's a big place, right? I mean, you know. That's, so, what,
1: that's what I'm saying like it's, it's, it's pretty implausible
0: it's the least believable thing in all, all three of these movies we've done yes
1: since. here's the only thing that I, I will say that I was excited to see is that uh, Sven apparently found his steroids because he was one of the
0: cousins that was that brought was, along that was the thing I was saying was a the connection uh, there's that guy uh, Sven we, and uh, As we go forward, we're going to need to keep an eye out for Sven. Because I'll bet he appears even more... He probably does. Uh, Yeah, so he plays one one of their cousins or whatever. Yes, when they bring in some extra muscle, correct. Uh, Yeah, he doesn't have a line or anything. Uh, And then... uh, Oh, what was I going to bring up? Oh, I was talking about connections to uh, The Running Man. Uh, The guy who played the 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 brainy guy who trying to steal all the code right he's beetroot's uh, yes I, I did notice he was, he's a
1: tough guy in this movie he's beetroot's <laughs> right. uh, muscle although yeah. he's not a very muscly guy so beetroot did not hire the right muscle so
0: you're picking the next movie, so I'd be curious to see if we have any more not not that you need to make that a criteria but like it's interesting how we had uh, we had uh, Toru Tanaka as our link yes. previously and now we have that those two guys so. Uh, yeah, and there's a fight, but whatever. And this is where we're in the second rule of a crisis situation. Yes. Which seems, they, they've got a gun to the, the you know, they're pointing a gun at, at the girls. And the second rule of a crisis situation is, if you choose to bluff, you must be prepared to have your bluff called. Seems like a bad thing to, for him to be saying in this moment. Yeah, yeah. because it seems like he's saying, uh, go for it. Yeah. I'm calling your bluff. <laughs> yes. It's crazy. It's a crazy thing. To, and also, it's pretty cavalier. It doesn't seem like a good rule for a crisis situation in general. That, the first rule is all about de-escalating. This rule is all about escalating a crisis. Guess what? I'm going to call every bluff. Like that, that doesn't seem like a good rule. Uh, I,
1: I couldn't agree more. I want to know where these rules came from.
0: Who wrote the rules?
1: We get no backstory on these rules. Yeah. So, yeah, we, you got the action sequence, little, little fisticuffs. Even the extra muscle in Sven didn't, didn't, didn't pay off.
0: Yeah, and uh, Vincent gets a little. He gets a couple shots in. Yes, they get the Arnold gets to deliver the line back to him. I love the way you. I love it when you hit people. You know. Yeah,
1: and of course Danny DeVito get, gives a sucker punch because I'm, I'm pretty sure he kicks <laughs> right. him in the balls.
0: Yeah, I think he does. He hits him with a pool cue or something or something like that. Yeah, yeah, whatever not. it is, it, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's below the belt. It's a cheap shot, but yeah. it's in character for sure. And then they go right back to the hotel where uh, yes, <laughs> this is uh, a. They're making cracks at the bar. They're just basically just daring her to take his virginity. Like, they're just making jokes about it. Like, he's just like, oh, he's talking about the beer or whatever. Like I've never, I know all these things about beer, but I've never tasted it before. I'm all theory and no practice. And then Vincent's like, we're going to change that tonight, eh, Marnie? Ah, yeah, it, it's pretty over the top. And,
1: <laughs> and you know what? Now, just uh, one last thing, because it just jogged my memory, because you're right about that choreographed dance. I forgot there is the scene in the hotel room where he, he Vincent is teaching him to dance. Oh, right, yeah. And again, actually. It, it's mind-boggling to me because that same scene is in Rain Man, where um, right. uh, Ray is, and actually, is his Tom Cruise's character's name might be one of them's name might be Vincent. Um, it's been a long time, so I don't know. Um, but, but anyway, Tom, Tom Cruise has basically the same scene. I mean, it's he's teaching him because right, he's right. going to go on uh, the Rain Man, or uh,
0: right. Dustin Hoffman's
1: character character is going to go on a date, and he needs to know how to dance. And the more I'm actually thinking about this, there's a lot of similarities. But anyway, yeah, yeah, the 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 kind of the jokes that they're making about
0: the virginity are a a little bit over the top. Well, in this scene where she comes over, is like, oh, they want to be alone, and and, (laughs) I mean, it's obviously played for laughs. His like shyness or whatever, He Doesn't know what to do, but. I don't care how shy you are. She's like literally like presenting like a like an animal. Yeah, it's just like I'll sleep on the floor. It's like come on, how how innocent do you need to be before yeah, put two the the two and two together. It
1: pushed it pushed the believability (laughs)
0: because again, he's he's really he's a smart human being, right? I mean, you know, he's a he's 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 playing a very like very shy kind of a character. But but
1: we're led to believe he's read all these books. He's probably read the Sutra, so he he (laughs) he should have
0: been able to figure it out pretty quickly. I don't know. maybe that doctor is uh, keeping him Oh he Maybe extra it was only sheltered PG over. books yeah, is maybe. already uh, he he kept it, kept in the lab. The shot of when they cut back to that uh, you know the post uh, coitus and the yes. shot on it, the look on his face is yes. It's really. It's an it's a, there's a few great ones. Him him in the car after the two wheels
1: is a great one, but this is a great one too. Match
0: that the look on because it, it's not like, it's not just smiling and it's not like it's like a mixture of like nine different things. And it's yes. so funny. That it's one of the funniest Shots of of Arnold of all time. It's so good. So they head back
1: uh, head back out on the road, and they're going to go and try and find, um, based on the the information they have, they're going to go to the artist colony to find find their uh, their mom.
0: Yeah, and she's there, but she lies and says that she's dead or whatever. Yes. Not much. I mean, this is this is a pretty long scene considering nothing really happens. They they think that they learn that she's dead, but and then Vince flips out. He's, he he, he does. Set. The only thing I know I
1: notice again, and I. I Won't spend too much time on it. But when they're hopping over the, you know, busting in and hopping over the wall, I again noticed they put Kelly Preston in a really short skirt. Oh, yeah. And high heel. Again, that that, it's believable, though, because they're going with flowers. They would want to be, you know, um, dressed nicely. But uh, it was a lot of skin for going to, you know, for an introduction to to somebody's, you know, mom. (laughs) You're
0: right. well, I, I maybe paying, that, maybe maybe you know what I'm thinking about? Maybe the, the, those are the only clothes that she owns, you know? Well, well I was going to say, I wasn't paying close enough attention, but uh, they didn't, the, the girls didn't know they were going on a road trip, so are they, they wearing the same clothes the whole time? I, they I probably bought some clothes. I'm no, like,
1: yeah. I, they have some other clothes, but clearly her taste is for
0: right showing a lot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yes, yeah, so they get turned away. They think she's dead. Vince gets upset and says he ditches them and just goes to sell this thing
1: yeah and uh, harps or you know brings me back to he's really quick you know to ditch them i, I guess you know you i guess you fall into your old habits maybe when when you're hurting
0: yeah it seems but, like that's what they're trying to show at this yeah
1: and it, and, it, and it could be but again it's it's just hard for me for him to the you know marnie and and her sister i could and linda i could see that him Maybe being quicker to ditch, but Julius, it's just—it's hard for me to think he'd be so quick to ditch him as, as hurt and as upset he is, and
0: particularly that this is his brother and it's their mom yeah. who he's upset about. And was he upset with them? Like that's the thing. Like I understand, like he's got this is an emotional thing. He learns, you know, his mother died or whatever, whatever. But he's like suddenly he's angry at them. He's like, ah, you all shut up! Like they—they right. they, they didn't do anything. It's just forced conflict to get to get us to the end of the movie uh he drives off with the thing uh, he's yeah he's, so he steals the car and there's another
1: call with beetroot i just love any time we can talk about beetroot <laughs> but webster is there with beetroot now beetroot survives this meeting um and now webster knows that the car is coming to houston and the the setup for the ending is effectively there but beetroot tells him well i guess i'm Beetroot's just a businessman. He just wants his fuel injection system. Yeah, he doesn't care who ultimately he's paying the five million dollars to.
0: I like B- Beetroot because he just because yeah he just seems like a businessman or he, yeah. he he seems like he's the head of some big corporation. He's up in a big tower. Yep, he has a legitimate side, but he, he's stealing this thing under the table. And later, when well, we're get to it, but when Vincent shows up with the with the merchandise, and then suddenly he fully expects Beetroot to kill him like here's the thing and, and then he starts like wincing like oh he thinks he's going to be killed I mean maybe that's the thing is he's so upset he's just like I don't care if I live or die I'm just going to deliver this thing and if I get the money fine if they kill yeah. me fine but he expects Beat Rip to kill him and Beat Rip's just like here no here's your money it's here's just, your money like, what, are, what, are, what, are you, what are you talking about I'm not going to kill you I, I'm a businessman that's all he is yeah he's, uh, he's, he's a really fun character I, he doesn't get much but he's, he's one of my favorite parts in the movie yeah so while he's driving to the, the drop off Julius hires a, or he gets on a plane. Yeah. Again, but, money's of no object. Yeah. There's, there, again, the issue is twenty thousand dollars. They're spending money like like it's nothing. I don't know how much those two suits cost or whatever, but they're just spending money left <laughs> and right. It's, me, me. it's it's one of those things too. It's just it's such an easy
1: fix that you just make the stakes higher on the twenty. This twenty thousand. If you make that a hundred, right. or You know, something. The gap between twenty thousand and five million is so enormous. Right. Just, I just, whatever. It's not something to harp on too much, yeah. but. He, he spends money, but apparently he has enough for the flight, but he doesn't have enough for a rental car. That, I, I, that, that, <laughs>
0: That's I, a really good point. I,
1: I, yeah, And maybe, I don't know, maybe, oh, you know what? He doesn't have a driver's license. So you know what? That, I, no, that, that actually does make sense. Think yeah. about it. He wouldn't have a drive. You'd have to have a credit card and a driver's license. You could probably back then still pay for cash for a plane ticket. That's true. Not need an ID for a plane ticket. But for a car, you definitely would need a driver's license. So, okay, that,
0: that makes sense of why he couldn't rent a car. But this is where he gets. He uses his, his uh, Professor X powers to track down. Uh, uh, yes. Vincent. And then yeah, he steals a car. He steals a car with a big like steer antler or whatever. I was on. gonna
1: say it's as as Texas and as noticeable as
0: could be in but, terms of if you phoned it into police as stolen. <laughs> right, it's a car that looks like Texas. Yes, that's, that's the description. No, but, but the most part Texas thing is the keys are in the ignition and there's a, the, the keychain has a revolver on the end of it. Yes, you're right. I, I that's yeah. not the car you want to steal. Don't steal that guy's car. <laughs> There's got to be some other car with the keys in it you can go and pick up. Right? Yeah, that's the thing. I understand the convenience. The keys are in it. I'm just going to take this car. I'll bring it back. But you don't want to steal a guy's car with a revolver keychain. That's a terrible idea. No, he's uh, he's
1: probably the kind of guy that has the shirt that says, Guns don't kill people. I kill people, right?
0: <laughs> and a giant like, t- uh, hat, like a Stetson hat or whatever. Yes. I, yeah, we never see the guy who owns that car. but I wish, wish we did because man, I'm sure that... That, he, even more of a character than Beetroot McKinley. I was
1: going to say, he's a guy that he definitely would have a name as cool as Beetroot. There's no <laughs> doubt about it.
0: Yeah. So then, yeah, the, the, the exchange happens. Vincent brings the merchandise. We find out it's an, a fuel injector for jets. Yes. Which is disappointing. I wish we didn't learn what that was.
1: Well, you do also there in that scene, though, see in the background, you see a logo that says, like, McKinley Enterprises. So it's clear that he. Um, Beetroot is he's the owner of some you know, pretty sizable business, yeah. so you're at least able to get that. You're right; you probably didn't need to know exactly you know what it was for.
0: Well, it's just more interesting if it's a mystery. It's like yeah. the, it's like the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Whatever. It's right. like, let it be a mystery. Like, if you're gonna say what it is, like, may as well raise the stakes more and say it's like a bomb or something or yellow cake or who knows. Right. Like, make it make the stakes really high. Which is a, a, a fuel injector for jets. That's not it's not exciting enough to make it worth revealing. Yeah. Don't even say what it is. Yeah, you Let could the have the just left wondered. it and yeah. it wouldn't have mattered. So,
1: we've we've already covered that there's another connection to the running man here and that, you know, Vincent thinks he's going to die and Beatroot just as a businessman gives him the money. And we've also covered how now Webster also
0: kills Beatroot. <laughs> Yeah. This, he's now killed both ends of the connection on this transaction. He's been put through a lot of trouble. He wants both the <laughs> fuel injector and the money. I,
1: I guess that maybe is the case. It's now now his reputation doesn't matter. Now he just wants to take all the chips.
0: He just yeah he's gonna cash in and go to go to you know South America. Maybe he's gonna go
1: to the Hawaii that Julius was ra- or the Hawaii. Go to the island that Julius was raised on. with, right. with the money. I, I thought you were
0: gonna like say. Or, he, or Vincent says to, He was half the way to Costa Rica. Yep. Maybe <laughs> maybe he was gonna yeah go to Costa Rica. So yeah, Webster shows up, he kills uh, our body count three and four, so I, I, I assume they're both dead, right? Beat I think that's assistant. a fair assumption, yes. Because the, the car crashes... You see, the the driver's definitely slumped over, I would assume that both are dead. Yeah, you don't see what what happened, you hear gunshots and then the car crashes and so... Those... And it,
1: it, it's a sizable, I mean, it's, a, it's an assault rifle, so I mean, <laughs> that true.
0: clearly was piercing through yeah, metal, be, it was piercing through a lot. It's a serious wound, at the very yes. least. Yes. Uh, yeah, and there's a, this, this like it's not really an action scene. It's more of just like Webster shooting at them. Vincent very easily gets away. Yes, he sneaks through like the bowels of that whatever it is factory or whatever. And then Julius shows up and gets captured like an idiot. It really is the opposite of a, a typical Arnold movie where he comes to save the day and does the exact. All he does is get himself caught, and Vince has to come back and save Julius and give the money back. Uh, but luckily, there's a chain. Uh,
1: yes, well, I I think maybe too that's. That's the way they wanted it because this was obviously a role reversal for him being in a comedy. So, you yeah. know, have him be the, you know, the person in distress and somebody else, ironically, you know, the smallest, least uh, muscular person in the movie, Danny yeah. DeVito, coming to his rescue.
0: But he's more capable like in situations like this. In criminal situations, yeah, it makes sense that he'd be the one that needs to, just, you know, deal with the, finally come in and save him. And then, yeah, third rule of a crisis situation. Duck. Duck. Is, I, that's actually the third rule of a crisis situation. I, I
1: find that very difficult yeah, to believe. The, very, these rules seem like they just make, they're just making these up. I, the first one might be a real rule and then
0: after that they I was just was say, made up. Yeah. has he been making them up the whole time? Uh, maybe. Because it doesn't... It, well, he, he doesn't are, lie though, so... That's true. But one and two are so inconsistent with each other maybe he's been making them up. Uh, yeah, and then they, they hit the chain. Very conveniently placed chain. And does that does that count as a pun? By the way, uh, well, afterwards, uh, which duck? No. Or afterwards, where he says yes. he has a lot in his mind. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Thank you. I wanted to make sure that one on the toll. Yeah, and yeah. again, another reversal. It is a pun, not from Arnold. I'll just say that because we're pretty much the end of the movie. Those are the two puns. Pun count of two, both by Danny DeVito. Yep. Arnold has a big goose egg in this movie, which is uh, probably going to be pretty rare. I, I almost I was worried it was going to be zero because you know, I didn't I wasn't sure about cleaning the, the clean the pipes or whatever. <laughs> And then like, you're getting is, late in the movie and they're having yeah, been any. Was, we were getting to this point. I was like, boy, is that one doesn't count, we have zero puns.
1: Well, and what's funny is that I, because it had been so long since i would seen the movie and we kind of went over what, you know, my takeaways or what I remembered, I didn't remember there being any puns. So I kind of thought the same thing. I'm like, ooh, wow, this may not yeah. fit in with the title of our podcast. There might not be any puns in this. I did remember that there was a machine gun. I did remember that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't remember Webster's name, but I did remember a pretty high-powered, uh,
0: in this. Thank goodness Webster shows up at the end to yes, give us our machine To give gun.
1: us both. Both we get the machine gun and the, the pun at his expense. Webster not dead, though? I, I'm i guessing not dead. Really? You think so? I, I would have put him on the body count because, I mean, as I remember, the pile was bigger than that's true. Arnold, yeah, right? You're right. I, okay. I mean, that's can, a lot of weight. I, I think you can put Webster.
0: All right. So that's a body count of five. Then yes. and a pun count of two. Uh, so
1: so pretty, pretty tame in terms of uh, your, your responsibility. So you got what you were looking for, which was a little bit of a, a hiatus from yeah, so much stress.
0: Definitely lightened the load for sure. Because, uh, uh, but more, again, more than I thought, if five is the final count, I thought there would be one. I thought maybe the guy, because I couldn't remember if you know, the, the bad guy gets killed or not. But the, the other four were kind of a shock. Five is way more. I, w- I would have guessed one or two. So Not,
1: not five. So then, uh, you know, we get to them at, as we alluded to, smarter than the Rand Corporation. Here's the one thing <laughs> we didn't cover when we uh, covered that earlier. Uh, let's say, give the money back. I want yeah, to. To who? Who does the money go back to? That I mean, we cover that. We think that Vincent has not, you know, changed his ways and he stole a million. But that's okay because I'm not sure who the money would even be given back to. So okay, we assume that beetroot's pan. Maybe, you know, if it is his company, it's the company's money. I, okay, but how, how do they know? I, I guess, I guess they'd figure it out because Beetroot's body is there. They'd eventually figure out where, where the money went to. I just, I was really, I, when I first
0: watched, when I was watching, I'm like, where, who is this money going to? I, I'm, yeah, it, it's not clear at all. I mean, I, and, and and well, the the merchandise obviously should go back to whatever company. Yeah, you know, whatever
1: company the two guys in the Hawaiian shirts worked for. It was clearly stolen in industrial espionage from them. And that makes
0: sense; they would give that back. And that, but yeah, it's, it was Beetroot's money. He was using it to buy stolen merchandise. I mean, maybe he was embezzling it from the company, and they had like that his company needs. Yeah, money but that's my,
1: that's the only logical leap you have is that he took it from the company. Although I'm, I'm just not sure that if you were conducting industrial espionage, you necessarily want to take it from. Right. The company that you own, I would assume he had some outside funds. You'd probably want to take it from there, but whatever. It, it doesn't matter.
0: But presuming that's the case, like even if it's like a shell company or something, this made front page news, that there would be like an audit. Like there would definitely be a lot of eyes on that money. Yes. And the fact that, that million it keeps dollars. a million dollars. <laughs> How is it getting away with that? Like, the, the, if, the, if he wanted to keep the money, he shouldn't have given any of it back. Don't draw attention, but once it becomes a news story, how is he ever going to keep that money? Yeah,
1: I mean, I think that goes with any kind of, you either steal big or, you know, don't steal at all, right? I mean, you can't, I, that that does not make any sense. You either don't give any back or you have to give it all back because there's just no way people wouldn't notice.
0: I mean, yeah, but Julius insisted, and he's, he's a nice guy, and the movie wants to show that, you know, Julius can't keep this money, but, you know, give, they should have just been like, we'll give it to charity or something, not give it back. Right. Anyway. So Marianne Benedict,
1: we were getting closure on everything. She sees the news story and goes and she somehow can get into Los Alamos as well. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, to an, punch that guy out. That's right. Yes. Assaults him. <laughs> uh, gets. She gets the information she needs after uh, violating protocol at Los Alamos. Yeah. And she tracks them down. And and tracks them down. Yes. So we get the you know the happy ending.
0: She yes. shows up with a teddy bear. Did I miss something about that? Was there something? I just assume that she. I, I'm not sure why she only brought
1: one. That that's what's confusing <laughs> right. to me. But I mean, I assume that she was bringing bringing it because she, she's basically meeting her her child, but children. That's the reason why one doesn't make sense to me. But I, I mean, I think that if, um, if if somebody was reunited with you know their even though they're grown, yeah, they're grown adults. Men, they're adults. I, I don't know. I, I can understand that
0: the gesture. Okay, I thought maybe there was some plot thing that I had missed. No. This, this was that one of their teddy bears or no, something. No, no, no.
1: I, 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 that's not what I took. I took that it was that it, she was meeting you know, kind of her children for the first time. It is kind of confusing now that I think about it, unless she's holding something else that I didn't notice, why she would
0: only have one. <laughs> right, uh, yeah. That, that, that part is kind of confusing. I mean, it's not that important, but it's, it's a strange detail. Like, they, I think it's a close-up, too. So. No, it is. That, that, that's what made me think there was something that I would missed of just like, the movie acts like, oh, it's the it's the teddy bear from before. Like, there's a shot that implies that no, you it, should not, know what this teddy bear it, is. For
1: Simpsons fans, it's not Bobo or anything like that. From uh, <laughs> it's not the placeholder for Rosebud in uh, in a different movie.
2: Yeah,
0: but anyway, yeah, and Then we cut forward at least nine months, and uh, they're at a fairground, and both couples now have twins. And there's four yes. babies. They're pushing them through the grass and strollers, which. I'm sure you have more stroller experience than me, but like I'm sure there's a path they could have found. They're just they're just like shoving uh, them through the grass. I was gonna say,
1: especially those strollers, because strollers that are made today, um, like everything else, you can. It's amazing the products have been developed. Yeah, like off road mode. Yeah, I mean you can the strollers they had there and those kind of double umbrella strollers you'd never want to take off road because they're terrible. You can't really get them through. I mean but, you can
0: tell they're pushing, they're struggling oh, so hard. Yeah, I mean there
1: are strollers today that are made that are absolutely made to be able to go off on grass. I mean not rugged, you know, like over rocks and stuff. Yeah. But uh, a a doubles umbrella stroller like that, even today, you'd never use that one to go into the grass
0: because they're a nightmare to try and push through. Yeah. So it's just funny. There must be a path somewhere, and then they the, the doctor is there and uh, Marianne Benedict. They're like, this, yeah, it, they it's a it, big extended family photo. Yes, it's a uh, a complete, you know,
1: happy happy ending for all.
0: Yeah, which is so. I don't know what's what's your takeaway about twins. I enjoyed it. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I enjoyed going back and watching it again. There are some things that I remembered, some things that I hadn't. I think the biggest thing is because. I think the biggest takeaway, I enjoyed it, but the biggest takeaway of what was different for me that I definitely would not have had any concept of, you know, in the late 80s when I watched it, you know, had to do kind of with what we talked about, the connection that we both have to adoption. as that kind of stuff, whatever I was, 11, 12, it would have been lost on me anyway. Um, And I'm only because of being an adoptive parent. Probably if I wasn't, I don't know if... even watching it this time through, I would have picked up on kind of some of the abandonment and kind of loss issues that it does scratch the surface on. So, you know, I, I, I found it interesting for that, and it was good to have something new in, you know, because a lot of these movies that we're going to watch, there's not going to be any anything new I'm ever going to pick up. I'm just going to enjoy, you know, certain old things. That, that was something I did Enjoy of watching this one again.
0: You never know. You don't think uh, you're gonna pick up new things from Eraser or anything like that. It could be on some of those. I'm right, gonna have you, these deep discussions. Uh, you killing the alligator? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you never but, know. But maybe, maybe not. So I, I, I did enjoy it. I, I still feel that it was. It's somewhat of a comedy from its era in some ways, um, but. I I enjoyed it and I, I did pick up some some different things this time through and there are some lines that I will definitely be using that I that I did not uh previous to this. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and other than the probably unintentional weirdness about the eugenics and all that and you know uh you know, for the most part inoffensive, you know, enjoyable. I it's not it's not a great movie, but it's it's you know, the, the thing I take away from this again is just Arnold's performance. I was really impressed. I kind of wish he had done more Roles like this, where he's just an everyday guy, like even in Kindergarten Cop, he's a badass cop, yep. he's you know, he's just a normal guy here. You know, well, he's obviously not a normal guy because he's creating a lab, but you know what I mean. Like yeah, he's just no, playing like, a person, and he's not
1: he, he's not he's not an action hero, right? He's that he's, that's not what he is in this, or he's not a tough
0: cop. He's better at that than I think you would think. Yeah, a lot no, of people I, would give him credit for. I,
1: I, I agree too. That was one of the surprising things going back through and, and watching this again.
0: Okay, well, that, that's twins, so. uh... I think it's time for you. Is it your turn to pick the next movie?
1: Correct. It is. So I, you know, I went back and forth, and I don't know, um, you know, when or if we're planning on the website to kind of have the categories, but we said we've kind of broken it up into eight yeah. categories, if you will, to try and keep it so that we're doing something different each time.
0: I think we're just going to have to, as we go, explain the movies that are what what each category sure. is. So whatever movie you picked, we'll explain which. Yeah. So in them, blah,
1: blah, blah. I went back and forth of which category I wanted to to go in because um, comedy was on my mind when. Uh, the, the last go around and it, I'm glad you went with comedy. It isn't, I don't know if it was the one that I would have picked, but I'm glad we did twins. So I went back and forth. I'm like, all right, so what, what do I want to do next? And so in the, the categories, it was either going to be comic book adaptations, which is one, or as, as you've, uh, you've put it his early weird stuff. And I went <laughs> yes. back and forth, back and forth on which one to do. And I wound up landing on comic book adaptations, Oh, boy. Uh, and let's do, I, I want to do one that's going to be fun in a different way. This was fun because it was a little lighthearted. Oh, you're going to say the thing I'm dreading, aren't you? Uh, I don't know if you're dreading it. Fun in terms of that it's really, really bad, but, Batman and Robin. You, know,
0: you, you said the thing I was dreading. <laughs> why, why were you dreading it? <laughs> because now I have to watch Batman and Robin. I, I understand. <laughs> I know. It's, it's part of the deal. We're doing this podcast. Yes. We have to do it at some point. Oh, I wanted to put it off. I, I don't, it's going to be a rough. That's a slog. It, It'll be fun to talk about.
1: Well, that's the thing. is, I, I, I think the reason why and I, I went back and forth, because there, there's one in particular on the weird early stuff that I wanted to do, and I was thinking, because actually most of those, I, I might have only seen one, I thought about picking something from that category because it would, be, it would be kind of interesting to do something that I didn't really know, but at the same time, having watched this, I'm like, you know what? I was afraid we, weren't, we had a lot more to talk about on this than I thought we would, on Batman and Robin, it's going to be... You and I love bad movies, and that is a bad
0: movie. There's it no is, question about it, it is not good. So but You're going to kill me on the pun count on that one. Commando's the one, or the, the body count, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be exhausted. I, I was going to say, and since uh,
1: before we started recording, I had asked if you kind of had uh, enough of your hiatus, and it seemed like this was enough of one. I knew that the, on the pun count, because I pretty much... If, the way you can count it is just every line I think Arnold has I think is a pun. <laughs> yeah, in that everything. Movie. He so you just count everything he says and you're
0: probably okay. And then you just need to find any other ones from any other characters. You might be right. So well, I'm I, gonna have to do a ratio. Actually, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna count every his total line of dialogues and what percentage of them are puns. So because in this movie it might be over fifty percent. It probably sure. is. And so
1: I I, I I wanted to do it. You're right. It it's it's gonna be bad in some ways. But I,
0: I got my break. Don't it, worry. It, it <laughs>
1: highlights our our love affair. We do love a good bad movie. And this one isn't a good, like, fun bad. It's just a bad movie. I mean, Batman and Robin, we're going to have probably not very much, many good things to say
0: about it. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not one of those bad movies you can watch and enjoy and have fun because it's, it, it loops back around to good again. It, it's No, it, it does not loop. It's right uh, in that trough of bad. Yes. Oh.
1: So, yeah, so Batman and Robin will be uh, episode episode four.
0: Okay, I guess we're doing Batman and Robin. I'll have, to, I'll have to steal myself for that, and all you out there can do as well. Uh, if you really want to watch it along with us, just prepare yourselves. Oh, my goodness. Okay, that's the show. Yeah, tune in next time. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can follow us uh, on Twitter at Bad Puns Podcast. And uh, to email us, you can write in at questions at BPAMG.com. I'll tell you, before before we end, I said, we've kind of finally gotten our endings together. We've ended our, our podcast very uh Abruptly, low, yeah, and low energy. I think in the past, Cause, but I was—I I thought about just playing the twins theme at the end, I'm like twins, that song. Just at least we can get some high energy. So I don't know if you want—if you want some underscoring, I can. I got queue it queued up. If you want it. Uh, well, it, you, you can certainly play it.
1: I've—I've I've got a responsibility here now to, to try and end us on a consistent and high energy note. If you uh, are enjoying this, hopefully you are remember to uh, rate us highly on whatever podcast app of your choice to, to keep with the the theme of this movie uh, what I guess I'd end with is the fourth rule in a crisis situation since we only got the first three from the movie I would project that it is just make the rules up as you go along because that appears to be what uh, what was happening in this movie so that's the fourth rule of crisis situation for you folks just make them up as you go along.
0: okay sounds good Tune in next time when we do uh, Batman and Robin. We'll see you then. Thanks.